0: to episode 12 of the intermission podcast the show where two film students discuss classic iconic and obscure films from times gone by we're your hosts oscar to be fit
1: robbie tweedale
0: oh i caught him just down in his car i got it it's a coffee i
1: need to i'm staying awake bro
0: i'm staying (laughs) awake i had a i started having a coffee but it tasted really rank i don't know what was up with it <laughs> so i just like so i'm not ca- i'm not caffeinated at all today i think so, that's the uh the telltale sign of someone drinking too much coffee
1: <laughs> that's when coffee starts to taste terrible
0: it, it tasted really watery and i didn't know what was up with it so oh, either nice. way uh this is uh the first podcast episode of the year Yes. Well, of- of twenty twenty one. Breaking the illusion completely right now. This is currently the twentieth of December. So we I'm don't wearing know... a Christmas jumper. Which yeah. is <laughs> just, just helping no one. There it is. <laughs> Class. Excellent. And also, that's also another thing. We're giving this a go. We're giving some video a go. Yes. Um we tried it with the It's a Wonderful Life. We're not in the same place this time around. As Sadly you can tell, enough. it's currently the Christmas holiday period it's currently the christmas holiday period yeah. so we're trying it through um uh skype and this type of record if it doesn't work then it doesn't work but we're giving things a go yeah. um so yeah robbie it's been it feels like it's been forever how have you been <laughs> uh well uh coming
1: to you live from the battle of De- geonosis um yeah i am i'm good um jedi is all about they're
0: loving it. This is going to be um, so confusing to any Spotify listeners.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, sorry for anyone listening on Spotify. I've put, you know, you can put a background on Skype, and I've just got the Battle of what's going on. Um, part,
0: of, part of me is so tempted to not, just, like, in the future, just never like explain uh, over yeah. Skype of what we're going to do. I want it never. to be. I'm going to keep up with the theme of having a background related to the film we're discussing, and you're uh, going to just do a <laughs> random fucking thing okay, every that time. Way. That works for me. Um, so that yeah. so that so that'll encourage people to actually go to the YouTube channel. Yeah, exactly.
1: Watch us on YouTube. Um, I've yeah, i have been doing all right. I mean, um, been getting stuff done, um, doing some videos, doing some editing, doing whatever. It was my one year anniversary yesterday with my girlfriend. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Um, why you made it a year? Out. You made. I don't. I, ha- I have no idea how that's happened.
0: I think I have a theory, Robbie. Go on. You don't see each other every day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if we saw each other every day, she'd be sick of me by now. You would have so ra- it would have ran out.
0: You would have had your time by then.
1: Yeah, but... I'd have completely ruined it by now if we saw each other every day.
0: You have like an expiry and it would like the amount of <laughs> hours you spend in person and you've extended it through a year. So that's... She only hears a shit
1: joke every three months. <laughs> If it, if it was every day she'd be gone. That, so that that was a good day. We had a good time. Um I've been busy making her anniversary present. I made her a little video. Yeah. Um and that's all I've been doing my time. I've got my nephew here at the minute. He's loving it. Crawling Big about in that. So yeah, how have you been?
0: Good I've been fine. I've been yeah. fine in real in real I, I I mean to briefly explain to you. was gonna try to do uni work this week, first week I'm mm-hmm. off. And I've just been completely burnt out. Thanks, digital production. And then uh, <laughs> just completely burned out. So I was like, you know what? Before I start delving into a 3,000-word essay on existentialism in film related to French <laughs> New Wave and the Before Trilogy, I'm just going to like, you know what? I'm going to sit. I'm just going to watch a shitload of films. And uh, that's what i will be doing. I've be catching up on 2020 films for when it does come to our best of 2020 list. Because yep. God knows I didn't do much... 2020 film watching in 2020. Uh, nah. Cheers, COVID, for that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly what I've been doing. And more will be discussed about that in future weeks and Good such stuff. and such. I was going to say something. I literally was going to say something of the regards in, in relation to something. But I'm not going to create any dead air if I okay. remember it. I'm just going to say it off the bat. Good but, stuff. Robbie, we're going to just get right into... This episode, episode 12 mm-hmm. of the Intermission Podcast. We're talking about the 1941 character drama Citizen Kane. We the film are is direct- indeed. The film is directed by Orson Welles and is written by Orson Welles and Herman J. Mankiewicz. The film stars Orson Welles as Charles Foster Kane. As well as starring Joseph Cotton, Dorothy Common Gore, Everett Sloan, Ray Collins, George Culleries, Agnes Moorhead, Paul Stewart, Ruth Warwick, Erskine Sanford, and William Alland. I'm probably butchered so many of those names. That's all right. It's fine. Um, the plot synopsis of Susan Kane, according to IMDb, is following the death of publishing tycoon Charles Foster Kane, reporters scramble to uncover the meaning of his final utterance. Rosebud, That's a perfect plot synopsis there. Yeah. says it perfectly there. I don't know why it was so difficult, but it's a wonderful life to do the same. (laughs) Who knows? Accolades that the film holds is that it has a 100% on the tomato meter and an audience score of 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has an 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, placing it at number 96 on their top 250. The film also scores a 4.2 out of 5 stars on Letterboxd, placing it at number 127 on their top 250. The American Film Institute placed it at number 1 in their top 100 greatest films of all time, And it placed at number two on the British Film Institute's Sight and Sound Top 100 Greatest Films All Time. And it was nominated for nine Academy Awards, including Best Music for Bernard Herrmann, Best Film Editing for Robert Wise, Best Sound Recording, Best Black and White Art Direction, Best Black and White Cinematography for Greg Toland, Best Lead Actor for Orson Welles, Best Director for Orson Welles. Best Picture, and it won one Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for Orson Welles and Herman J. Mankiewicz. So, with Citizen Kane, it is—it's—it's uh, it's almost become a—not um, a joke. The name itself has become more well known than the actual film itself. I think. I think yeah. the leg—I think the legacy that the film holds of being Citizen Kane. Is a lot more well known than what Citizen Kane is actually about. And I think a big I mean, for example, if I were to say the Intermission Podcast is the Citizen Kane of podcasts, first of all, I would be telling a complete lie. Second of all, right. what what that <laughs> what that would mean, I would be saying the intermission podcast is the best podcast. So for yeah. the longest time, Citizen Kane has kind of been associated with being the best of the best for film-wise. I think that's more traditionally known than actually what I've known it to be. Because yeah. um, my relation to Citizen Kane is I remember just getting into film and just hear. Do you want to know the very first time I heard the name Citizen Kane, Robin? Go on. I remember the Hangover Part 2 teaser trailer. And they did quotes from the first uh, Hangover film not quotes from it co- co- review quotes of the first Hangover oh, okay. film and there was one quote that said the fir- the sequel or like the first film was the Citizen Kane of I forgot the exact terminology it used the Citizen Kane of like of um, Hangout film or something like that like some sort <laughs> right, of like okay. yeah, yeah. some sort of specific sub genre of comedy it said the Hangover was the Citizen Kane of that and being confused I Me mean, like what does that mean and then being getting more into film
1: around.
0: Yeah, and then getting more into film around that time period. I was like, oh, citizen Kane is apparently the be all end all of best film. Mm. However, that didn't register to me because it wasn't number one on the IMDB top 250, which is what I looked at a lot. But it was more number or Empire, I don't think Empire magazine even put it at number one. No. To me, that was more the Godfather that I kept seeing at those high spots. And Citizen Kane was more so number one in the American Film Institute lists, in the BFI lists. Uh, So I kind of associate Citizen Kane more as, like, the best film ever for older critics. That is how I always... Like, I think Roger Ebert once, I think he had it as his favorite film ever i think i'm yeah. not sure but i know ebert had it very highly but my relationship with Susan came robbie before i ask you your thing i remember watching the for the first time when i was 17 years old no that's incorrect about 18 19 mm-hmm. years old and i remember and it was one of those things i was like all right then come on and let's see what you got then type of thing yeah yeah and then i watched it and i remember just really liking it the first time i watched it like i was really into it i was like you know okay i get it i can get that mm. it's really fucking good and then I just never watched it again. And it never really stuck in my head. But I remember thinking to myself, God, that was fucking brilliant. Yeah. And then the second time I watched the film was this year in anticipation for Mank. And then yes. I watched it for Mank. And uh, I watched it then. And I thought, you know what? I still really like it. I mm. Now I know more about the film. And again... I watched it for a third time this morning in preparation for this podcast, just to get fresh up on it. Uh-huh. Uh, my quick thing with it is I just think it, I I do love it. I think it's excellent. I, th- I do think it's an excellent film. And I'll read actually the review that I did on Letterboxd, just to sum up my brief thoughts for now, and then we mm-hmm. can go in to explain it. I first uh, started my review with the quote I can remember everything. That's my curse, young man. It's the greatest curse that's ever been inflicted on the human race. Memory. How can such an incredibly beautiful, poignant quote be such a casual line in a film? In any film? One of the many reasons why I think Orson Welles' feature film debut is a timeless masterpiece. Sometimes you need a film to remind you why you love the craft of filmmaking so much. Citizen Kane was that for me at this current time. On a side note wells was the same age as me when he made citizen kane that is one way to feel like the biggest underachiever so so that's my basic thoughts on citizen kane and my relationship with citizen kane robbie what are your relationship and thoughts on citizen kane
1: okay so i um i have i had never seen citizen kane up to this point i knew of it obviously as a person that's massively into film you just know it because you know the phrase it's the citizen cane of whatever empire is the citizen cane of star wars films you know like you just you just know the phrase um but i knew you know i knew about rosebud um i knew what the big reveal was at the end um i referenced it in my first short film that i ever made having never seen the film um because, because i knew of the uh the quote-unquote plot hole um with it where it's like well who heard him say rosebud when he died yeah. no one else was in the room and i went well and in, in my short film when this guy going to different dimensions of films and things um i'm gonna make him fix the plot hole uh it turns out i'd never seen the film and if i had seen the film then i'd known that there isn't a plot hole it doesn't exist um <laughs> so i don't know i i so i knew of it very well um I just never watched it. Um, I watched it uh, last night. I started watching it last night. I had to... I, 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 I gave up halfway through. Well, no, I gave up. I, I got an hour in, paused it, and said, I'm coming back to this tomorrow because I've started it far too late. So I then woke up this morning and thought, I'm not going to start it from halfway through. I'm going to watch it all in one sitting. So I went back to the beginning and watched the whole thing. Um, it was the first time, for that time watching the first half of it, Last night is the first time that I've watched um, one of the films for this podcast with my family, um, right. which was a different experience because mm-hmm. whilst you're watching it, you kind of my, my family don't show up. They're always saying stupid comments about things. But it was interesting to see their takes on on this film that has been heralded as uh, the greatest film of all time on so many different occasions to me. Um am i giving my thoughts on it now just like basic thoughts or just... yeah
0: i'll, I'll uh, before we get into it once again just remind everyone we're talking spoilers about citizen yes. kane and uh, so if you haven't seen citizen kane go away come back and watch it as of now it's on bbc iplayer for free yeah literally that's you, don't need, it. Yeah. you don't need a subscription for that surprisingly enough there's a load of fucking films on iplayer that yeah, i'm like, like how did i know about this classic so, ones like massively there's loads yeah, yeah. So if I don't know if it was, no it'll still be on by the time. It, this it was on this podcast. morning. Yeah, um, no, I so. th- I think it'll still be on. So if you're in the UK and you want to see Citizen Kane, watch an iPlayer go for that. Uh, so yeah. And also I want to have more of a free I have notes, but I kinda of wanna do what we did with the deer hunter. Yeah, just, just a free flowing sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So go go on then, Rob B.
1: Um, are you ready for me to um lose all credibility as a filmmaker within one swift sentence?
0: <laughs> Let me guess, is it you? You think it's overrated? I really didn't like it. Yeah, I I had a gut <laughs> feeling. I had a very big gut feeling about this. Um, yeah, yeah. There was just something about it. I think
1: because I did um I did a bit of research after watching it. Um, you know, talking about uh, I, I watched a few videos talking about where its acclaim has come from and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I feel as it to me. Um, I feel like the story surrounding it and how it was made, um, and how it was written, and the filmmaking techniques that they pioneered to make it—all of that stuff—is far more interesting than the film itself.
0: I can understand that, me. yeah, yeah,
1: because um, yeah. everything that Orson awesome Welles did to make get get that film made, um, and it is insane, and yeah. the the fact that he started off primarily in theatre work um he'd never done a film before
0: he did Did radio a lot as well yeah he did
1: this and then things like just little things like the um that shot in in their childhood home when the camera comes backwards uh, and follows the mum to come sit down at the table wouldn't have even noticed if i hadn't watched this video afterwards but the table the camera goes through the table without you noticing and it was a mechanical table that split in half let the camera come through and then came back together again Things like that are things where someone... I think it's interesting because someone who's never made a film before is probably the most likely person to do something like that because they don't know the rules of filmmaking properly. So they go, mm. well, why can't we just do
0: this? Yeah, yeah, I think that's... Uh, yeah, I think... One, I mean, I'll, we'll probably end up discussing it more in detail, in depth as we... The conversations. But One thing I've learned is that... Some of the more groundbreaking people who make films are people who never, who either don't come from a filmmaking background, mm. or they don't, or they're not in love with cinema to begin with. Yeah. Like um, again, I'm doing a little bit of research on French New Wave, and of course you had the initial boom of French New Wave people like Truffaut, Goddard, uh, Roma, who. Yeah who came from, I can't pronounce the magazine, but they came as film critics. They came yeah, from film were, criticism yeah. and they came from being film fanatics and then making films like that. But then there was also the left bank uh, filmmakers as well, who more know, uh, like Anya Varda, who I'm more familiar with in terms mm. of that field. And there were more French New Wave filmmakers who came from it not, as film fans, but who viewed filmmaking as an art form on the same level as literature and photography, and, st- yeah. and made more filmmaking from other means of art as opposed to being film fans. And I think that's also where you can see Orson Welles in his mindset with this whole film. Like he didn't make mm-hmm. it. No, think he was a film fan because I know he watched Stagecoach like hundreds of times when making this film yeah uh to to learn how to make a film like what needs to be made put in to make a good film and also i think and city lights the Charlie Chapman film it was his favorite film so he was always a mm. film fan but i don't think he ever came from making a film in the mindset of like making it as a film more yeah. so like how he just wanted to craft a story i think mm. yeah yeah um no that's a like, I, I think you, I think that's also a good point there the fact that you can also um think it's probably got so because again everyone knows the Godfather I think like you don't have to be a film fan mm. and it's like I mean we talked about in the first episode like it's a dad film like oh, for completely. some re- for some reason every dad. It's like, oh, have you seen it? Godfather? It's brilliant. Godfather's great. And they just yeah. love it. And if you're a film fan, you can dissect it and be really into it. But Susan Kane is a film that people hear of, but it's always the film fans that are really like into mm. it. That really do like, nah, it's fucking brilliant. It's great. Yeah. And it's not a, and it's not a film that I would say is necessarily a personal hook to me. Although there is that one line about a memory being the greatest curse a human being can ever have. I just think that's such a really just wonderful piece of dialogue that that's just quite a very, that's a, that's a piece of dialogue that does hook itself in to me personally, I think. Um, And there's moments like that, but what I love about the film is more so the craft of it being made than actually the story, even though I do think the story is really well done. And I actually am a fan of the story personally. Mm but um i'll say one of my first notes i um it involves the opening and i got um unconventional storytelling by showing the entire plot we will witness of uh kane's life in a news presentation and then we begin to delve deeper uh into the beneath the surface of it all i think that kind of sums it up wonderfully because we literally do we start the film off rosebud snow globe drops he's yes. dead And then we just get a big old news report telling us everything we're about to learn. Like everything gets told in the sense of he's married twice. He got divorced twice. His first marriage fell apart because he got with a, because he had this relationship scandal with a singer. And then, um, and then quote unquote singer. And then he opened an opera house and then that failed. And then they divorced and they go through everything that's happened. Yeah. And then we get, the whole rest of the film, which is just all that story. But I think what really works well with that, it's like, I think that does sum up in the sense of the fact of going through an actual newspaper tycoon in the sense of like, we all like look on the surface immediately and we think, oh, that's just the story. But then it's like Mm. a life is so much more complicated than just a, in just a quick little news wrap up almost, I think. Yeah.
1: I think what, what didn't, what didn't connect with me in terms of the story um and i might i might need to watch it again um but to me um after that first news bit overview of everything of 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 Kane's story um i never f- when we kept flashing back and meeting these new people and everything i never felt like i was learning anything new
0: okay yeah it yeah.
1: W- it was all just kind of information i'd already been told And I was like, where does. I know what Rosebud is because I've had that spoiled for me, but where does it Mm. come into anything? And it turns out at the end that it doesn't. And
0: I thought, well, that's weird. It's when he picks up the globe, isn't it? Yeah. It's when he. um, It's the after he trashes uh, Susan's room. Yeah. And it's almost that's the moment that he starts to calm down. Mm. And I think it's because he. I know we're skipping ahead, but it's the conversation that's just yeah, happened yeah. right there, naturally. I think it's like Rosebud fits into it in the sense of that's a representation of the home he didn't want to leave and it's almost like he's almost being thrown into this wealthy life without his consent and all he really and again yeah. it's the same it's a similar like, you can look at it in the sense of like how like how Michael Jackson's story is the same thing where they like he never got a chance to just be a normal kid. Yeah. And he just had this fame and that was it. And, and and again you could look at in that unintentionally this could be looked at as a also a reflection on Michael Jackson in the sense of when Michael Jackson just built Neverland it's like I forgot the name of the place that Foster Charles Foster Kane built but it, when he just built that massive yeah. fucking like place he was like this is just my sanctuary Zanady. almost that's, Zan- it. that's it there you go there you go. but yeah it's a, I think it's like it's like that moment where like everything just feels like it's crumbling to him but then he just gets that moment mm. of like oh yeah just, just go back to your chat, Just go back to that moment where you felt fine, where you felt yeah. normal. So I, that's I, how I perceive it, at least.
1: Yeah, I, I read it more as like a, a sort of because the what what comes to light basically in terms of him him as a character is that he's um he's always just he wants people to just love him, mm-hmm. and he'll do anything for that. So he starts off saying, "I want people to love me. I want people to look." To so this newspaper as this shining establishment and I'll make this declaration. This is what he's going to do. But because he wants other people to love him as well, he completely goes back on what he said he was going to do in the first place. Mm. And the newspaper turns into a completely different thing. Um, but he's doing all these things. He doesn't realise he's doing them, but he's doing them to please everyone. So when I took Rosebud as this, um, I mean, spoiler, it's the sled. It's the sled that I yeah. used to play with as a kid um, when he was at his actual parents' home. Yeah. I took it as a representation of where that idea of wanting to be loved comes from, which mm. would, to me, be being given away by his parents uh, like yeah, as, yeah. A re- as a really young kid. Um, that's wh- that's how I saw it, just that he's... Rosebud, to him, represents life back in that house with those parents, um, and he didn't feel loved by them because they gave him away. So he thought, well, if they won't love me, everyone else will. I'll
0: yeah do everything yeah. else
1: for them sort of thing yeah um, but I, I i like it because it goes into a, 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 a something that i've made loads of notes about um that the film has really modern sensibilities in the way that it, the story is told yeah it's the fair it's the earliest like straight up character study of a guy
0: that yes. i've seen yeah yeah which is why I think it, it did become such a groundbreaking piece of film. Yeah. Like, just this guy comes up. He was known because people, he was, he was well known uh, just generally in, in the industry. Not Obviously not for film. But this guy yeah. who just comes up, makes a film, and it just throws away everything that everyone's familiar with. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa, film can be this as well? Like, I think mm. that was like, that was the, that might be the earliest example, of, uh, especially in American cinema. Because I can't, because I know like the globe has been doing all sorts of mental, like you got the German yeah. expressionism that were doing all sorts of things yeah, yeah. In, in that whole thing. But in terms of American filmmaking, I think that might be in the earliest time where like, right, let's just, this is weird as well. This was also wartime or like just post-war to 41. So it was. Yeah, just near was,
1: enough the end of it.
0: Yeah, so at this point, no one was making these character studies about one dude. They were mm. making and and concept and a concept piece on what fame can do for a person. They were making films like Fred and Ginger films, or like, hey, yeah. let's be happy, everyone, everyone, come on, let's be happy. And so it was, and especially like almost this scale. Of it as well yeah. i mean like i think at least visual scale like this film never felt small it was always a big feeling film yeah and again it wasn't like this epic it was a dude it was a story about one guy i, I find think. it interesting
1: that there's a scene when he says um war definitely isn't coming and i think i, I mean i i had to look this is me being trained from uh doing a level film studies where you look for <laughs> Go for, to get good marks you look for if any, anyone doing a level film studies. To get good marks look at political and social context from the time when the film came out. Um, forty, if they, this came out in forty-one,
0: yeah, um, and it was being made in forty. It was yeah. It was, uh...
1: So America joined World War Two in nineteen forty-two. So yes. it would have been the year before. So him saying like, there is it. We aren't. There is not going to be any war or anything. Really stood out to me. It's kinda of yeah. like that's quite interesting. I don't I don't have really a point about that, but I just
0: No, no, things are interesting like that. Like recently I yesterday I watched um Mar Rady's Black Bottom, which is on mm. Netflix, Chadwick boseman's final film. And there's a specific line that he says in the film that quite hit me way. So I think it's some along the lines of my time will come, it hasn't yet, but they'll know, or something like that. Yeah. And it's oh, and God. it and it's and it's like uh, that's and this heartbreaking I it. It was like ah uh, and this was his career best performance as well like this was like a performance that I was like ah, uh, it was like how Ledger did Joker I was yeah. like ah uh, I could imagine more what more he would have done after this film it's a similar thing which had with Bozeman with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom but it's like sim- mm. similar things like that. I know that's not necessarily completely comparable but it's interesting with moments like that like, like yeah like,
1: just the context of it was quite was quite interesting because it's like um, Casablanca has that scene because there's loads of stuff about that film in terms of political context, saying, so, you know, "Oh, Rick's meant to be, be representative of the USA before they joined the war because he doesn't want to be mates with anyone, and then at the end he makes mates with the French guy, so he's joining the alliance and all that kind of stuff." Mm. But I think it's interesting to see how much political context and things crept into films at this time because uh, you don't you don't see it as much now. It no. still it still happens, but I think I don't know.
0: The film it's world's a are very the film world's a very different world. It's like when we hear mm. when we I mean we'll get the things about trivia in this. Yeah, like oh, like like things are mental. Things are absolutely mental in the sense of uh, like I mean when we were on about Godfather, there was or like Apocalypse Now. Like the amount of things mm. we would read about what was happening behind the scenes, it's like you don't hear about that now. It's oh, like God, Tom no. It's like Tom Cruise shouts at five people on Mission Impossible Five, and then that's all of <laughs> a sudden like the What? I don't believe <gasps> this I can't I have, believe this happened.
1: I've loved seeing the outcome of that. It's <laughs> hilarious.
0: Oh, it's brilliant. But like, that's what I mean. It's like, that happens. And then that's the thing that's like stirring yeah, the yeah. industry. It's like, there it was like, think there was all sorts of inside jobs yeah, happening th- back in like the 40s and 70s. Oh, gotcha. and all. But yeah, another note that I've got uh, when I was watching this, um, I was saying the filmmaking is such a unique blend of 30s noir in terms of the lighting, like the harsh shadows. Mm. And Wells's own creative artistic technique, which was mainly the cinematography. Which who was yeah. the
1: cinematographer? In? Greg oh, Toland. Yes, there you go.
0: Need to give so much credit, Greg Toland, in this film because I think, like, if there's anything you walk away from this film, it's the visual uh, presentation, especially the cinematography. I think it's um, it's phenomenal. I think like and, and it holds up. It really
1: hmm. does hold up. I mean, I I uh, in in the research I did afterwards, he there was um. They developed a specific kind of lens for it, and I didn't focus. Yeah, deep focus.
0: Yeah,
1: I didn't. I didn't even notice it whilst I was watching it. But when it got pointed out, I was like, "That makes a lot of sense." Because they they developed a lens that could shoot where everything in the foreground and the background, everything was in focus, um, which made it allowed it to kind of play out a bit more like a stage play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than anything, which I guess was. In more in Orson Welles's kind of wheelhouse in terms of, yeah. in terms of that stuff, but um, definitely,
0: definitely trying to think more. He was definitely trying to think more about what equipments and techniques can be used to be, to be adaptable to the performances, as opposed to yeah. how can the performances adapt to the technology that we have. Exactly, which is what a lot of the time was doing. I mean, even past this time, Hitchcock mm. did that. What happened there? My computer just turned off. My what? laptop. My laptop just turned off. That's strange.
1: That's very strange.
0: Oh good. Let's move on. It's fine. I just. Okay. I like, <laughs> I've just got the trivia on there, so it's. <laughs> I
1: think I've got um I've got some notes to start going through.
0: Go on. You go through some stuff while I sort this
1: out. So, um, in the opening scene, uh, we see a cage with some monkeys in it, and it has like. Tiger as a label on the cage. And my mum said, and I quote Those monkeys are brave little bastards, aren't they? Sitting in a tiger's cage. Just this is what I mean. About like I'm trying to just enjoy a film. <laughs> I'm trying to be like analytical about a film, make notes and stuff. And just stuff like that all the time. But um I think it's kind of perfectly shown straight from the beginning. Um awesome well's not really paying attention to old-school filmmaking techniques, he breaks the 180 degrees straight away. Oh, yeah. It's... Yeah. Literally, like the, it's like the fourth shot of the movie, and he, <laughs> and he breaks it straight away. So I just put 180 with, like, two question marks. like, what? There's no need for that. But, it, I mean, it works, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I underst- I In seeing it in a film, I understood why we are taught to be like, follow it. Because yeah. it did, like I couldn't help but see it and be like, "What? What? <laughs> what? What is this?" But it's like just things like that where he's he's just very. It's very different. Yeah, from anything yeah, no, I've ever seen before. Um, that's why in- I remember.
0: I remember. Like I think that's like. Like, I remember asking. 'Cause before I even watched the film I had a mate who just was like, Shit, the film's shit, it's really overrated. And I was like, Well, what's it about? Like, what is Citizen Kane about? Mm. It was like, Oh, it's just really political. It's just like a heavily political film. And here's me going into the film thinking it was gonna be like a presidency run. Like a film yeah. about the presidency or something. It's not. But like so it's like but like, how can you I mean, as opposed to just like I mean, it's easy enough to kinda of describe it, but like as a unlike a quick pitch to someone. It, you can't. Like, what can you say? Yeah, it's like, no. like, that's why I call it a character drama. But even then, that might be a bit too much for, not too much, that makes it sound, I make, that makes it sound like i can put myself above people there. It <laughs> might be too much for the commoners. No, but it's like,
1: <laughs> but like, Sorry. you know, like,
0: like, it might just be go, <laughs> it might just go over people like, what do you mean, character drama? And Everyone characters. You know, I would get that response if I said that to my dad. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, in the sense of like, it's a character drama. It goes, What do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, as opposed to someone said, what's Star Wars about? It's like, oh, it's like a space film. It's like a sci-fi fantasy film where it's like those space samurai's and they go, oh, okay. Uh, Okay.
1: (laughs) You can't really sum it up in in a couple of sentences. No. But it's just, yeah, it's one of them where if someone asked me what it was about, I I I wouldn't be able to say much more than it's about a guy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> is, it, like, again, if you were to extend it, it's about a uh, guy who died and they're trying to figure out what his last words mean. Yeah. But even then, that might be a bit like, okay. All right.
1: Because it's not really <laughs> about that either.
0: No, it's not. Again, it's it, literally ju- it's just about this one dude. It's literally mm. just about Charles Foster Kane and just his life. It literally is a uh, cradle to grave story.
1: Yeah. I don't think... I don't know if it's, um, what do you call it? Some, when something, the word will come back to me. But when uh, the prestige of it, there we go. When something's like really prestigious and everything, all that comes from, I don't know if it comes from just, it's so open Yeah and it covers so much ground that I don't know if it's just because with it being like that, so much of it's up to so much interpretation. You can take yeah. whatever you want from this, like yeah. literally anything you want you can you can relate to any of the characters that, that you want to and take anything that happens because it's so all up to interpretation. Mm-hmm. you can be like, "Oh well, I thought it meant this, and then this would mean this, and so it's yeah. actually about this, but yeah, there, yeah, there's so many different readings anyone can have of this one film, yeah, and I mean is... we'll
0: yeah, we'll touch up on that in trivia in terms of specific things about like. Things have yeah. been made of it, but again, it's is it's easy, it's always become so much this entity where it's even like the making of the film itself has a story about it.
1: Yeah, which I now mean, exists as a
0: film. I mean, fuck, Mank. But like, even <laughs> even like decades ago, there was this essay that someone wrote on the fact of being like, I forgot the net, Paul. I forgot the oh, the woman's name. She wrote this massive essay piece on the fact of like. Wells didn't write a single fucking thing. It was all Herman J. Mankiewicz who wrote it. And then Peter Brogdonovich, who was um who had also Wells as a mentor, who also directed the last picture show in Paper Moon. Um, he basically did a counterpoint to it, being like, No, Wells did have his share of writing it and here's examples of why the fact there's a story about like who the fuck wrote the film. Yeah. Like like how's that even a thing as well? Like because imagine
1: that's just interesting on its own
0: that's fascinating just anyway i think where well, that's a thing uh but uh, in terms of the cinematography and fr- i just jesus christ i keep smacking the microphone <laughs> sorry there sorry there anyone listening um <laughs> but it is just like it is a thing of like um it's the framing that's a big thing to me i think because i've realized i'm a big sucker mm. for framing and i've also realized i'm a big suf- sucker for a framing that involves someone and then a mirror shot like someone and then a mirror and then that person's reflection i'm a big fan of that and they have plenty of that there's that one bit in the part that in the party sequence and i and it's leland to one side the other guy to the other side i can't remember the dude's name and then Mm -hmm. there's just charles in the back center back dancing and then they do a and that was already a good enough frame for me. I was like, that's already excellent. Yeah. That's already an excellent frame. And you don't then need they do to do a anything. Sh- And then they do a shot, reverse shot, of facing the other dude. And they do a reflection of Kane in the window. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, you got two excellently composed shots there.
1: Yeah.
0: And they, it just, it's again, I think that is because I'm such a film makery person. Mm. That I appreciate. That I don't. I watched it with my mum this morning. I didn't get her opinions on it. Actually, I should have asked her before I start recording. But I'm curious if anyone else even catches on to stuff like that. Which is what I mean. Yeah. Like I, I'm not sure if we catch on to that because we, we. I mean, we're studying film. Fucking yeah, hell. We we're, have to, we're, like
1: we're trained to do that.
0: We have to like make sure every frame is intentional. And if there's a oh, dodgy God, frame, yeah. and if there's a dodgy fr- camera position we get asked why was that like that and Hmm. then we have to make sure we have a fucking reason and like understanding of why we did that yeah like so i think it's like it that works for me because i'm now watching films looking at every fucking frame Mm. and that frame and again and with a film like this where every bit of framing is just so intentional and so non-accidental yeah. Like it's just, and it's two hours. It's a two-hour film, and everything is so on purpose, and everything is in place. It's it is, it's kind of it is almost like the architect for films like uh, a Wes Anderson or a David Finch, where everything is just in there because it was meant to be. Yeah, and
1: I think everything's perfect. Everything yeah. has a place. I yeah. think one that stood out to me is the is when the the quote-unquote singer, is... um, Susan, yeah. When Susan's (laughs) doing her performance, um, not the performance itself, but when it shows that shot from behind and there's the stage coming out and there's the lights surrounding her, that shot is amazing. Mm. Um, And then the one as well where it's like, it starts on her face and it kind of tracks outwards and there's all these people just doing things around her and everything. And then it flicks up to a light and flicks back down to her again. Like, that is... That's so modern.
0: Yeah, I like mean, that... I've got yeah, I've got a note that says camera movements may be commonplace today, but for 1941, it was truly innovating.
1: Oh, yeah, because like I spent when when I was doing A level film studies, we spent like two weeks analyzing that fucking tracking shot coming into Rick's bar in Casablanca. Like we spent so long talking about that, and like, oh my god, how modern is that, and everything like this. This film, every shot. Like, the rest of Casablanca, don't get me wrong, love Casablanca. But every other shot, and it's just a static kind of close-up and whatever. This one, every single shot is something, like, you would see in a film nowadays. Like, you can just see the ripples of it that have gone right the way through.
0: That's where I think because I think that's where it like truly like struck such an impact to me because when I first watched it, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I really like it, but I liked it because of the story and the story kind of invested in me. Mm. And then as time went on, I started thinking about the film. and as I watched more films, especially from the 40s and even the 30s, and I started like putting it in perspective in the sense of like, wait, this film came out at this time when all we had was these films. And yeah. then I mean I mean, we talked about it in the previous podcast. We both fucking love It's a Wonderful Life. That came that film came out five years after Citizen Kane. And if we're talking about camera movements, Citizen Kane is a lot more ahead of its time than It's a Wonderful Life in terms of camera movements and that. Yeah. I prefer It's a Wonderful Life over Citizen Kane, I do want to say that. But I think in terms of like filmmaking, it's just unbelievable how even films after Citizen Kane were still catching up. Yeah, and you can argue that a lot of the innovation was kind of accidental because I think I heard some theories where it's like there's some theories where Orson Welles just didn't know what the fuck he was doing, so he just said I don't know, just do <laughs> this. I think that's how we're meant to do it. Like I've heard things yeah, about yeah. that how we just kind of was like, I guess this. Imagine accidentally innovating cinema. That's <laughs> class. I'd love to do that. Like, just being like, ah, oh, I guess we should just do that, maybe. And yeah, then it's like, me, this might work. And then oh, decades... No, decades Slap a big come teddy and... bear in there. <laughs> do what on. want. Robbie, you never know. Bear Hug might be, like, the, the, the truly defining yeah. thing of a generation.
1: <laughs> I fucking doubt it. <laughs> <I'll> be honest. <laughs>
0: bookmark all these people when yeah, Bear but, hug's
1: can... going. <laughs> bookmark that YouTube video that's currently on, like, 230 views or something. Book market, it, mate. It's going down in the history books. <laughs> that bit when Leo catches a punch, Jesus Christ. That's it, mate. That's a that's a moment in cinema.
0: I I was almost gonna break down bear hug there about like how everyone freaked the fuck out when like that punch <laughs> got caught. But we're not talking about bear hug. We're talking about Citizen Kane. <laughs> we're talking about
1: Citizen Kane. The lines um... get blared between them, but. it <laughs> <laughs>
0: another point I had which I just want to briefly bring up is I love the editing I probably yeah. love the editing of this film specifically how the passage of time is communicated and the main one I have in mind is the dinner table scene between Mary and Charles
1: exactly what I wanted to talk about that marriage montage uh,
0: it's great uh, like that went through like it's yeah I can't <laughs> I don't even have words to say to me about that it's
1: really smart hmm Cause at that at that time editing wouldn't have been anything where I mean you get like Russian montage stuff coming in and all that kind of thing but yeah. you know things like that just completely passing years and they've got the yeah. makeup starting to come in on both of them and all that kind of stuff and the performances are great as well throughout yeah. that scene yeah. it's really just good shit like that this the one of the only one that I've like properly mentioned uh, in my notes where I'm like that scene was. As much as I'm not enjoying myself, that that scene was great.
0: It was the most, it's like, because it's like, I don't know, like, it was the second time when I watched it, I forgot about that scene as it was happening. I was just constantly being like, oh, fuck. Yes. It's just doing so well. Like it, and it flowed as well and it kept going and it kept going. And then part of me was like when it went on Kane and it was about to pull out, I was legit and it was going and it was pulling out. My mind, I was all. At the time, I was going like, please make him be alone at the table. Please make him be alone at the table. And then he wasn't, but then Parby was still like, fuck, that's still good. But yeah. like, imagine that. Like, that would have been so fucking class if they would have just done a moment where, like, and then pull out from Kane and then it's just him alone at the table. That would have been oh. fucking beautiful. I mean, it was still a good shit. Good it was shit. still excellent like nothing was really gonna tank that scene if i'm being perfectly honest oh, but no. it, it, that would have been the chair on the cake for me if that was just the case it's a little thing but um i'm not I've... downgrading citizen kane because like he wasn't alone at the table in that one yeah. moment <laughs>
1: <laughs> i've got a few i've got a few notes that i want to say right you go through um, your shit yeah i feel as though i've been far too positive so far for a film that i didn't enjoy
0: yeah, I'm curious about um, what you're actually because I'm. I put my notes down. You go through yours, and then I can finish off with mine.
1: Okay, right. I've put. I'll just read the negatives out because I've been far too positive. I I, I came back. On, I came on here, and I straight away went. I didn't like it. Right, and now I have to back myself up because I've been nice for most of it.
0: Um, this will this will be a change of dynamic. This will be the first time since uh, Godfather yeah, that we're going to have <laughs> anything will be. like this.
1: Um. Uh, you know how we're taught show don't tell? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, the full Which, first 20 minutes, like, the full thing is just this happened and this, this happened and this, this happened. It's the like, it's the, it's the announcer from the beginning of every Clone Wars episode, and he's all like. <laughs> uh, do you mean the news reporter? Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I mean, news re- it, it was a news report. I know, but it's just. <laughs> that oh. was the point. It's like they weren't, you watch the news and you don't watch the. I'm not watching BBC look north and then I'm going like, oh, you're telling me everything here. A- <laughs> give me someone, give me someone in my imagination. you <laughs>
1: know I think so much of my issues with this film just stems from that one news report at the beginning. I, I hated it. I hated it because so, it's, it, he it talks so fast. Um, I put, um, there's so much talking over each other. And I know that's the films at the time, but it's so much of the film is like one guy says one thing and then everyone in the room starts shouting about what he just said until he just chimes in and says another thing and everything quiets down for a second and then it just happens again. And that that's most of the dialogue in films of this time and it really gets on my nerves. And everyone laughs way too loud. I've written down as well. I don't know yeah. why I've written that down. Um, okay, here's one that I really want to talk about in terms okay. of Um, things that I didn't like. The Charlie Kane song is so weird. What is... In what world does a song like that exist? Where does it come from? Who made it? What's the context of it? Like, because I know that he's... I know that he's meant to be really, like, big and rich and everything. Um, But at this point, he's not that well-known. He only owns a newspaper. He's not like the most known guy in the world.
0: Yeah, he's starting off at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And suddenly this barbershop quartet comes in and they're like got a full song prepared about him and how great he is. (laughs) And there's like a full dance number to it. And also Kane knows the words. (laughs) And it's like, what what is the context of any of this? It's so strange. (laughs) And they're all shouting like, ah, some about the Observer or something. (laughs) Some other newspaper. Inquirer?
0: the oh, inquiries the, oh, yeah. the, uh, no, the, Inquire- the chronicle yeah. that's it the,
1: that was it yeah and they're on about the chronicle
0: um so that scene was weird um and also- i don't really i don't really have a comment to make about that that's why i'm not chiming yeah, that's in. There. Fine. It's, it's, a, it's such a robbie thing to talk about so that's why i was letting <laughs> it's go just like it.
1: it's just like what is any of that and like there's a full band of girls coming in with their weird sequin dresses and stuff and the mean like leland's like you know he's a bit of a prick it's like oh okay <laughs> okay <laughs> for what reason oh because he got people in from the chronicle oh okay
0: sorry leland um wait till, wait till uh april this april 2021 where i bring in the barbershop quartet for the robbie tweedell song that you don't know about oh my god if that exists what do you mean the robbie Tweedle song obviously already exists does it really I do I don't, I genuinely
1: can't tell if you're joking. I'm scared now because. How you the
0: fuck? What do you mean you can't because tell? Because you, you have a
1: friend that's a music teacher. How the fuck would I know if you haven't made a song about me randomly? Because we just know. ran. <laughs> <laughs> just to pull out some day to fucking annoy me.
0: Robbie, <laughs> I, Robbie I can write arty fartsy dialogue, I can't write lyrics. I can't. <laughs> I'd, I'd I can be, I can write a conversation about the eyes or a window uh, to the soul. Never mind trying to rhyme Tweedale with something. Oh my god,
1: I got really scared then, like simultaneously scared and excited. Um, the last one that I want to talk about, which was like a main issue of mine, the bird transition is the fucking worst.
0: Oh, I, that's weird. I do. think What I'm is too- that
1: about? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he's like. Well then. I'll tell you a little story. And it's bah- <laughs> real loud for no reason. It's like, fucking, where did that come from? And there's no need for it. It's like a really superimposed bed of the top of the place.
0: And then it cuts to, to Kane reckon, reckon shit.
1: Yeah. It's just wrecking yeah. stuff. But I mean, so <laughs> I mean, generally, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to sum up my disdain. <laughs> um, <laughs> Disdain. <laughs> it's not disdain. I didn't hate the film. Um,
0: fucking, <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck this movie. This is how we start with Deerhunter. Remember that we're like, no, we don't l- not like it. And then it's become a point now where every time it gets brought up in uni, we go, "What the fuck was that film?" This <laughs> is so bad.
1: I think right, okay. My main issue stems <laughs> from that newspaper scene, like the <laughs> that, news, that, the, that
0: the news broadcast. It, it wasn't going to redeem itself.
1: It 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 couldn't. Because at that... Right, okay. It goes on for, like, ten minutes. I
0: don't and know it, about that. Is it that ju- long?
1: It feels like it. And it's just a guy, right, basically, like he's doing Rap God, just spitting off facts about this man who we've just seen die. And it just... He reels them off to a point where you don't really understand what's happening, but you know enough. And from the enough... Um... <laughs> That that whole thing going through his entire life, just from knowing enough and having an inkling of how films work and how storytelling works, I could I knew exactly what the story of Charles Kane was after that, yeah, and yeah. so and so then the rest of the movie, the remaining like hour and fifty minutes of this film, <laughs> is p- him is a reporter going up to people and going, what do you know about Rosebud? and they go I don't know anything about Rosebud but I will tell you this story and then they go on for a 40 minute sequence of things that I already know cuz I saw the news report at the beginning like if it was if it was literally just take the news report out and then it was just Charles dies his last words were Rosebud cut to the news re- the, the newsroom they're like we need to find out what are his last words were Rosebud and then we just find out the things organically afterwards.
0: Okay, now I get that.
1: I'd have been fine, and I'd have probably really enjoyed it. (laughs) I I wouldn't have understood the whole Rosebud thing at the end, but I'd have, like, I'd be able to piece things together and give my own interpretation of it. As it stands, I spent the next hour and a half really bored, going, I know all this, I've learnt no new information, but it looks nice.
0: Because my thought was like, because it's like, yeah, we got the surface. I guess you can. I guess your argument would be like the the stuff that we end up getting told, getting told wasn't interesting enough to warrant it being in a yeah. film, right? Yeah, I get that. because to me, I look at it in the sense like, well, then because we no, no, I can get what you mean. I can understand what you mean there because yeah. I think it, I think it's because I just because I don't know. I I think also Wells's performance was very good in the film that that kept me yeah. interested with it he and is think, very good and um i don't i got a very leonardo dicaprio vibe with him like in that yeah I, in, in yeah. his whole thing uh but 20 but like 40 year old leonardo dicaprio mm. not like which is very interesting considering orson Wells was 25 when he was <laughs> doing this yeah he has such a maturity about him yeah um,
1: who plays uh, orson Wells in manco or is he not in it the-
0: i forgot the dude's name it's someone i'm not familiar with oh, okay um, he does a very good job in mank he does he, he do, yeah. it's a bit of an orson welles impression but it's a good orson welles impression yeah so it works um but yeah i think um no i can understand that and i how i thought it was actually quite a clever way to do it in the sense of here's this just quick like, like a boxed up version of his life and now mm. we're gonna get the more in depth look into his life. Cause I yeah. think you can cause I think you can like look at that in the sense of we can read an article about an incident, but it's always so much more interesting to watch like a documentary or an interview with a person about yeah. the incident. Like I can't think of an example and like I mean we all know um oh, I think I don't know. Um, uh, the Amanda Knox instance. I'll bring. I'll say mm. that whole thing. I remember bits about that when it was happening, because it was a British girl that got killed yeah. in that situation. I knew bits about it. Um, but the, when I watched the in- Amanda Knox documentary on Netflix it was so much more of like a holy shit thing because it was actually interviewing Amanda Knox and interviewing people involved yeah. in the situation. So I can look at, So you can look at it more in terms of that sense. was like, yeah, we just got told everything, but in my opinion, we didn't get a personal look at anything. And then the yeah. rest of the film was more of a personal look at what we've already been told is how I think about it. Okay. And I, and well, I guess it is, and it, I think that proves it's a technique that can work or not work. Like it can either be like a thing of like, oh, uh, you've already told me everything, so I'm just gonna predict it all, which yeah. is example of that for me it's more of a thing where I'm looking at it in a sense like, oh, I remember that being mentioned. Now let me now I'm interested to see how it actually played out. That's how I look at it.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I think the way that I was looking at the news report when I watched it was it was happening so fast that i was yeah. tr- i was trying to keep up and so i then had to infer what had happened between the main kind of bits that i could work out and what i inferred happens to be exactly what happened
0: mm. yeah yeah so like no new information came from anything that you
1: watched. yeah yeah like i think with the whole like uh he was married twice, divorced twice, um, and all that. It, it it kind of. I saw him got. It, we found out how he got married the first and second time, mm. and then both times it was like, and I'm gonna tell you the story of our relationship. And I was going, well, I know what happened because I know yeah. that he got divorced. It was that kind of thing, but then I could, I could still find appreciation in it, yeah. Um, because of the filmmaking aspects, and I found a very. Different appreciation for it after after researching into it on already seeing it like after I'd seen it doing the research, um I found a very newfound appreciation for it. But my, as I say, it was interesting watching my family because they dipped they dipped like halfway through. My mum got about forty five minutes in dipped. My dad got an hour in dipped. Uh, My sister came in when I was watching it this morning. And she watched it to the end, but she was just kind of going, this is really fucking boring. Mm. And I was like, it, but it looks cool. And she's like, she, she found a lot of appreciation in the production design and the costumes yes. yeah. and all that kind of stuff because she's massively into that. Like she, she saw when um, the singer came out on stage and she had her sequin dress on and everything like that. She out loud said, um, they don't make costumes like that for films anymore. And I was oh, like, you yeah. you you're right, to be fair. And so she appreciated it in that sense. And I think it is one of those ones where you have to be into film.
0: I think you yeah, that's what I mean. I think you have to, to be in it. the actual craft of filmmaking yeah. to really sink your teeth into it. Which is why mm. I fucking love the film. And yeah. again, I, I when did I watch that? When it was the when did I re-watch it when I made that review? Uh it was about um 3rd of December. So I'm trying yeah. to think. Couple a couple of weeks we, ago. 3rd of December, beginning to wrap up digital production. No, we would have finished digital production. That's right. Yes. Finished. Would have been filming um, analog. Would, would have been preparing for analog. So I don't know. There was somewhat about it where I just needed to pick me up in terms of filmmakers of craft. Because when you go yeah. through something stressful within filmmaking, it almost starts you questioning like, fuck, do I even want to? Do yeah. I
1: do I even enjoy? Why do, why do I do this to myself?
0: And then I watch and Kane, and I'm not thinking to myself. I can do that, but I'm thinking, "Fuck! This is like the beauty that film can do. Like mm. a simple like camera of movements can achieve this. Yeah, like 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 story structure can be like this. Like that's what like it's things like that that reinvigorate that stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marriage story was a similar thing last year, I think. That's why a big bulk of my script for The Muse was very marriage story based in a sense, because it just kind of reinvigorates someone back into me to be like, fuck, okay, then filmmaking. Let's get back to it then, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And I think that, and again, I do agree with you in the sense of filmmaking. You need to almost be a film. Not even a filmmaker, but interest interest in the studying of film. So even if yeah. you're not interested in making films, if you like analyzing films, Citizen that, Kane, that's all there. It's all mm. there for you. Because um, again, I'm not sure if I... I mean, I tell Gary that you should give it a go. I, I say to Gary, you mm. should give it a go. But I think if I if he were to ask me, which one should I watch first? This or The Godfather? I'll tell him Godfather. Godfather, definitely. Yeah. Just one thing I think it's a better film and one I think you just like it better mm. I would recommend The Godfather before I recommend Citizen Kane and I only compare the two because they're both two films that kind of claimed as the best film of all time yeah. type of thing and I would say Godfather's more accessible oh, to definitely. a general audience but again I'm not sure how ex- but I think in terms of an old 40s film I think Citizen Kane is one of the more accessible films for a modern audience
1: I yeah I'd say definitely that. Uh, I'd say something like "It's a Wonderful Life" is probably more accessible.
0: Yes, or, I do agree. Yeah,
1: or even *Casablanca*. I mean, it's not for everyone.
0: Uh, I, 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 I want to discuss *Casablanca* in intermission at one point.
1: Yeah, cause because it's not. I know there's some people have a lot of love for it. Some people really dislike it. And I feel like, again, it, it's it's another one of those ones where it comes down to whether you're a film person or not. Really, mm. kind of, mm. in a sense. But I don't know. I th- I'd say it probably is quite an accessible one
0: for, I think
1: for, it's, this, m- for the era.
0: I think it's more visually, I mean, by that. I, I think it's a mm. simple enough story to follow in the sense of, right, we're just going through the life of a dude. Fine, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the visual side of it that would bring people more into it, as opposed to, I don't know. I think, I think what it might be is because I it it comes into question: is Charles Foster Kane that invest that much of an investing character? I think that's mm. where it comes to. Like, is he that much more of an of a character that we feel attached to? Yeah. Or is it more so the situation that way? Is it more so? We're more interested in the fact of a um, of what fame can do to a person, as opposed to the person themselves. Yeah, and I do question whether if Charles Foster Kane is that much of like a character that we're like, fuck Charles Foster Kane. I know his shit.
1: Yeah, like,
0: I, I like I do, like, like I again, we, we talked about it before. We said George Bailey was one of the best characters in cinema ever. Yes, completely. On a flip side, on a flip side, we can talk about Michael Collion being one of the best characters in cinematic history, but that's mm-hmm. because we got invested in him and his character being in a position. Yeah, and But whereas Charles Foster King, we're more so focused on the position as opposed to, I mean it's interesting because we do get information about him from an early age, but I do think we do we do slightly lack in any just getting to know him as a person. Yeah. I think the closest thing we get to that is where you first meet Susan. That's the closest we get to that.
1: Yeah, and I think you can see it in in that scene when he's saying what he's going to do with the with the newspaper. You can see it in that. Although it, that whole thing turns out to completely be nonsensical and it doesn't mean anything by the end because Mm. he went back on what he said he was going to do with the paper, making it an honest paper and all that kind of thing. But I think he starts, it kind of chops and changes throughout in terms of his characterisation because he starts off with all these morals at the beginning and you think, oh, he's a very morally just person. But every now and again, he kind of isn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's how much of it is that is the real him. And I don't think we see enough of the real him to get as invested as we could.
0: No, I do again, I I'm, I'm questioning. Is it just cuz Orson Wells is quite charming? Like he, he, he does, is he, he is he does very a, charming. A charm to him. So I'm not sure if it's like I'm attached to it because Awesome. I I think Orson Wells is just a very charismatic person generally. Yeah. So am I just attached to Austen Wells or am I attached to Charles Foster Kane? That's where the questions come in, I think, and yeah. I'm not sure if I can answer them right now. In all honesty, <laughs> I need to psychoanalyze myself for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't um, do that.
1: You don't know what'll come out.
0: That'll be some. That'll be my FMP, Robbie, when I psychoanalyze <laughs> myself. Jesus you, Christ! You and me both, mate. <laughs> Wasn't Bearhug a psychoanalytical thing of the mind of Robbie (laughs) Tweeter?
1: No, that was about Leo.
0: I I love how on intermission, Leo's just so far been this entity. We need to get him on something so we can actually... We
1: we need to get him either on one of the commentaries or just on a film that he likes. If if there's one coming up that I know that he likes, we have to get him on it.
0: I have intermission plans that I'll discuss after we finish recording Ooh. this podcast that I, uh, I've okay, i build, cool. been building a schedule plan in my head for possible things in the pipeline. So that'll be in discussion after this recording. Um, Very good. Stay tuned, everyone. Uh, is that all your notes that you have? That's, that's all my notes. Yep. I'll go through mine again. I have, unlike the traditional Oscar W. Fitchett note package of the intermission, I've got one page. <laughs> I've got one page of notes because again, I just kind of cool. wanted... Be like this with it. Uh yeah. I got um uh, the rebellious nature of Charles Foster Kane is a mirroring of Wells himself, making him an early example of auteurship. That's one thing I noticed within this. Because there's one moment where he just walks in and he goes, like, Oh, well, uh, I'm gonna just live here. And he goes, Oh, well, we only open twelve hours. He goes, Oh yeah, the news goes twenty four hours and he's just breaking all the fucking things and he's yeah. like and he's like, You call this news? He goes, Well, yeah, it's like I don't claim to know uh the newspaper industry or something he says somewhere like that yeah, i'm yeah. like that kind of reminds me in a set th- th- makes me think of like how is awesome well just kind of like i don't claim to know how films work i just do what i think yeah so uh, i you again that's what i mean you could almost look i think there are examples. obviously the auteur theory is brought in due to the french new wave in the late 50s early 60s by andrew saris but of course in relation more so to um Goddard and Truffaut, but also you can, but I know Wells was an example in the sense of uh, early examples that can be used for that of the auteur th- theory is Orson Welles, and I don't think you can look at and I think Citizen Kane is a perfect example of definitely an auteur film yeah. like, it's an Orson awesome Welles film it just is.
1: Because he's he's involved in so many of the different aspects of it I think is probably why Yeah, his like, the- co-writing credit in it, directed it He's a producer on it as well, I think. Is he yeah. a credited producer? I think... I can't remember. I think he is. I'm not... Oh. No,
0: he's not. He's not. Uh, but he... He had very uh, much so uh, powers over the producers, which will get uh, talked about in the trivia section. Mm-hmm. But I think it's... I, I do think it's like... And it's like, although the... And again, this will be more explored than the trivia... It's all been linked to William Randolph Hearst, and there are links to William Randolph Hearst, which again yeah. will be discussed. But again, it's moments like that where it goes like, "Is this just a way of Wells trying to portray how he's feeling on the screen? Mm. Like, hit h- like, like a a section of him is is Charles Foster Kane more awesome Wells than anyone else? And where yeah. and it's just more so glorified in the public tabloidy things that happened in the sense of William Randolph Hearst. And I think Howard Hughes was also drawn as an example of all that type of stuff. But, yeah. um, I, I get, I get, I, I look at Citizen Kane. And I'm like, I see, and I get, I don't know much of William Randolph Hearst. If I'm being perfectly honest, I don't know much of the man mm-hmm. in any regards. The most I know about him is this whole Citizen Kane thing in all honesty. Yeah. Um, uh, but I see, I see Charles Foster Kane and I see more Orson Welles than I see anyone else personally yeah and it, i think it helps like in hindsight knowing his life in the sense of we saw you know charles foster Kane became just in his own bubble trying to do his own thing he just came old and large and yeah. that's just kind of ha- and that's what awesome wells became he became a big old large man who just tried to do his own thing yeah like so it, it it that does feel it feels almost more like an unintentional autobiography of orson Wells. without him even it, he was 25 years old he wouldn't have known how his life would have played out but it almost feels yeah. like he did this film knowing how his life would but switched film with newspaper tycoonry
1: it's again that weird coincidental social context <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, Orson yeah. Welles was ahead of his time, not only with filmmaking, but also just somehow predicting shit.
1: But somehow his, he was ahead of his time on his own life, somehow. Yeah,
0: yeah. which is... I, again, it's like, that's why I mean. You can psychoanalyze this film oh, in yeah. relation to Orson Welles, which I think is an interesting thing to look into, if you <laughs> want to do so, which I'm not. Um, again, <laughs> I got uh, And again, in relationship to the auteur, in the auteurship of Welles within this specific film i put wells's work work ethic and method was far ahead of its time if around if around today he would have been a pioneer in independent filmmaking i think if anything citizen kane is one of the earliest examples of independent film yeah it, it was totally just also Wells being this is exactly how i want to make a film fuck everyone else i'm just doing this and that's kind of yeah. just what happened And it's like, again, my thought was like, if Wells was like, I don't know, uh, if he was in his 20s in this decade, in this past decade, he would have been a big player for A24. That's the only thing that he would have just, he would have been that tight. He would have been in regards to that because he, in life, he was so sick of the studio system. And I think he made... His whole history is kind of like he got so frustrated with every film he made after Citizen Kane because Citizen Kane wasn't a big hit when it came out and Hmm. it was kind of like heavily like looked down upon within the industry. So that's why whenever he would make a film, studio would basically be so tight on Wells or they would let him make the film. I want to make it and then they would cut it to shit in the post because they were like. Okay, we'll let Austin do what he wanted to do, but now let's make it how we want to make it because we saw yeah. how Citizen Kane turned out. Mm. <laughs> so it's like I box think so, bomb. Yeah, he was so anti the studio system where, like, if around today, he would have had an outlet for that. Yeah, which is kind of fitting that his final film, The Other Side of the Wind, which was a lost film that got found, finished, put together, got released mm. in 2018 on Netflix. So oh wow I so had no I find, idea
1: that was even a thing.
0: Yeah, like technically Orson Wells's final film was in 2018 and got a Netflix release.
1: It's excellent. And
0: so I think it's kind of, it's it was a I'm not a big fan of the film, I will mm. say that. It's more of an interesting thing than the film itself actually. Um yeah. But uh, it's kind of it's kind of surreal seeing Netflix presents a film by Orson Welles. It's weird, but yeah, yeah, yeah. again, I feel that f- that that's fitting for Orson Welles. I think, mm. like if he was around, he would be a Netflix guy.
1: Yeah, if you extrapolate the data, yeah, it's likely he probably would have ended up there. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, kind of like Fincher, how Fincher's just found himself. You know what? Fuck, I'll just be on Netflix then.
1: Yeah, because I think and he fits. Got- he fits there
0: yeah yeah that's what I, yeah exactly starting uh, to see
1: monk yeah i'd like I would, to watch it now
0: yeah yeah I, I that's another thing i'll tell you about so i'll I'll give you a i'll send you what i've been watching for 2020 films so when it comes to when we do our 2020 list we can have a a bit mm. of a thing but i think mank's worth watching okay i, I yeah, do yeah. think it's definitely worth watching um I oh yeah, I got a uh, dialogue is uh, is fiery and rapid provided excitement to a heavily talky film. I think it's the moments mm. where they are just like it, it is um, again it's, it is almost like the Aaron Sorkin type of dialogue where everyone just knows the right thing to say. Yeah. Like it's there's a it's, lot
1: of them are, are great. Like mm. a, there's a lot of lines that are excellent. When they when he when he fires Leland one of my oh. favorite
0: moments in the whole fucking oh. film i remember that it's the moment's like i don't know who we are we were talking we are talking you're fired and i was like oh it was just such like it's that such moment such a punch in it like yeah and then i saw that moment and i just thought to myself and i got flashback like a, i almost like i had a flash forward to being like and then like 70 years later Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher brought Social Network like that whole yeah. it's that one scene there where it's was like that just felt like the whole reason for Social Network being made like it's yeah. just that moment of just two different people who have this partnership in a certain media type of business and then just instantly like falling out over anything like that moment, like again, it's a which part me wishes I kind of wish that was explored a little bit more. Again, I love the film yeah. as it is, but I do question: would there have been a more interesting film if the whole film was about Leland and Kane? Yeah, maybe. But again, I think we got that with Social networks So I'm not saying we. We'll say it for the it. remake. Yeah. Was, <laughs> <laughs> when, no. we remake yeah Kane, when we remake it, yeah. When we
1: remake it, yeah, yeah.
0: but <laughs> it's not blasphemous at all. Yeah. Oh, no. 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 They'll, the they'll come out. Film Twitter would be totally cool with that. Yeah, no, they'd be absolutely fine with it. It's like, no, no, guys, they're gay. Don't worry about it. Oh, don't worry yeah. about
1: it. <laughs> oh, that's <all> right then. <laughs> guys, there's a CGI teddy bear. Like, it doesn't, it's fine.
0: Citizen Ted. Citizen Ted. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I kind of want you now to re edit Citizen Kane, replace Orson Welles with Ted for the whole thing.
1: The whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah, okay.
0: That'll be your P. Fuck it, it's something to do over <laughs> lockdown,
1: isn't it? Jesus Christ. Well, it's when we When we all go into tier 72 or whatever, we'll, <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start production on that. We're joking. This is
0: the 20th of December. We don't know what January holds for well, us Well, we have no idea. London's in tier four now, so. <laughs> Reese messaged me and he was like, I might not be able to make it back. I was like, "We'll have an escape plan for you. Don't worry, Reese." Oh,
1: Reese, we definitely will. I'm digging a tunnel there. <laughs> just look, if if, if he can't come back, I'm digging a tunnel to wherever he lives. I don't I don't actually know where it is, but I'll find it. Somewhere in London, I'll sniff him out. <clears throat> wow! Yeah, we just feel <laughs> 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 like oh, he's over there. Wow! <laughs> wow! <Wah>. Oh, he's <laughs> it's like a game of Marco Polo.
0: We know, we but we know if we, that we've grown, that's, ev- again, this is irrelevant to everyone listening. Yeah, no, no like, one's going to understand this. But uh, yeah, we know fine well if we need to find Reese, we just need to go, wah! And then we just need to wait to hear the, wah, because yeah. okay, so he's over there. <laughs> the response one, the response wah. Um, yeah, I got the, uh, the emphasis on low angles really present the pe- uh present the people, we are watching as larger than life. I was a big fan of low angles in this film. Yeah. And I do think that helped with the grandness of it. Cause imagine if all this was eye level,
1: it wouldn't have yeah. the same
0: effect. I don't, no, think. I, which, don't, I don't think so. Which I think a lot of the films were at that time. They were all very um, mm. eye level. <laughs> Again, part of me kind of hopes that the tripods were broke. It's like, awesome. We don't know what the fuck to do. It's like, just film it. Don't worry about it. It goes, yeah. but it's low. Cause ah, don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> just put it on the floor. Just, like, angle it, just angle it upwards, okay? And... <laughs> Accidental
1: innovation, it's what we're here for, boys. And that's what ask, we're here for.
0: So why did you have that character not wear any shoes? Um, and then... <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it was all
1: symbolic. Like <laughs> That's fully what it is. It's like when Hutch asks us why we did something, you just ramble your way out of it.
0: You have to go like, no, no, I meant that. I meant yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you just waffle your way out of a meaning of it.
0: I still haven't master that technique i'm too honest i'm like nah we didn't mean for that
1: <laughs> i am excellent at it oh are you <laughs> i'm so good at it now just waffling my way out or something
0: i get questioned though like was there meant to be a raindrop there and i didn't know there was a raindrop on the lens yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna go like well i'm i can't bullshit anyway about this i'll go no i didn't notice that
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh i really like your use of a plant in the corner there yeah yeah that's what i meant it was actually symbolic of the fact that he feels like he's in a jungle.
0: I hope he's watching. He won't.
1: <laughs> he won't he won't be, but yeah.
0: If, if, if big big up Johnny. As well.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, big up you Dale, he'll be listening. Hi Johnny. Maybe. Maybe.
0: <clears throat> Come if you
1: are. <laughs> I I hope he is cuz I love him. <laughs> I love that man. Um I've got yeah. your footage is on the way. I promise. <laughs> I mean
0: by this point I should hope he has it.
1: Well, yeah, can otherwise it'll be a late assessment.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I got the dinner table scene is just incredible. Like, I got yeah. like, it's an example of a story that can only be communicated in film. Couldn't have done that in a play. Book would no. have not done anything for that. It, there's only one type of art form that could have done that, and that's film, I think. Like, it's no the,
1: yeah, because it's the visuals of seeing them. Mm-hmm. throughout yeah. if it was just described to you or something like that it's not the same
0: yeah and, like at all and in a play you can't really communicate that quick change of like time with just like, yeah you need, it, it, yeah it's incredible i think um da, 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 da. i love a bit of a bernard herman score love, a, love the score actually <sighs> the music's bernard, lovely bernard herman's first score that he did first feature film score Bernard Herrmann in case you're unfamiliar was Hitchcock's main collaborator and Ooh. his final score was Taxi Driver so he's one of my personal faves uh, and this was where he started and it is really fucking good it's it a really is, good it's score. a
1: great score i think i like um i like how the score lines up a lot of the time
0: yeah he which d- moment there's a moment there's a specific moment i think it's i can't remember when it is but it's
1: there's one I'm in the not... opening scene where there's a, a light turns on, just as there's a musical cue that I really mm-hmm. liked.
0: Got me straight into it. Not music, but sound related that I mm. was a big fan of. It's when um it's after um It's after when Kane decides to stay with Susan and Getty and Mary leave the yeah. house and Kane's just screaming at gay and then the door shut Kane's screaming is cut out but what carries along is like a car horn so like, yeah. the door shuts and it's like a, and it's like ah that's clever I do Very like that good. Uh, it's it, it's again little things brilliant though and there was another Lovely. example I think of that where um it was the singing it was the montage of Susan singing mm. and then it cut out to almost like a kettle settling down boiling i think again it's like little sound designy things like that which are just excellent i think it's It's
1: a lovely use of a j slash l cut whichever one it is
0: Yep, i can't remember
1: (laughs) it's j in it the audio wants the j i think yeah I yes. Just, I
0: yeah. I can't believe that I legit had to like air write out a J and then an L. I was like, yeah, no, it's. Is a, a J cut okay? A J cut is when the audio is heard first and then the visual. An L cut is when the visual is seen first and then the there we go. Audio okay. Is- yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't Excellent. believe that. We're halfway through a fucking degree and I legit had to go. J L. <laughs> um yeah and i got um I got a little bit here, like Keynes and Leland's relationship could be seen as a reflection of Wells and Manck's writing relationship, and I only picked up on that from after seeing Mank and then watching yeah. this film since seeing Mank. I'm like because um obviously Leland heavy drinker um in the film uh Wells had to legitimately send Herman J. Mankowitz off to a cabin outside of all fucking civilization so he could stay away from alcohol because mank was a heavy alcoholic so then like jesus so wells was like go away don't touch the alcohol and actually write the script please yeah (laughs) so i I, I, you know i only thought about that through watching it like that which yeah yeah. is was quite interesting and i've got a little bit of an end thing here the citizen kane opera scene over the godfather 3 opera scene oh
1: in every world and like, both of them are trumps by the last Airbender opera scene.
0: Last Airbender opera
1: scene. Yeah, it's in like season three. Okay.
0: Oh, I get what you. I do Yes, I understand. what I thought you meant the film. I am saying like, what? The oh, no, no film. <laughs> I
1: was like, what? The last thing that movie needed was an opera scene. I mean, may as well
0: There's none. No it. It
1: Jesus Christ. No, we think we no, I, can. We
0: can people still see that video? They can see vi- the. They can see the com. They can listen to the full commentary. We just can't see the highlight video. Oh, god damn it! Because because okay. Par- Paramount fucking took it away they and got ten- taken down. What might what might happen? I'm gonna send Lewis a version of the video without the film's audio, and then Lewis okay. was gonna do Lewis was gonna do a, a, D, a, a DMCA friendly version where he was gonna. Oh, he was, nice! He, he was basically gonna do Foley over the fucking thing. <laughs> that was- that sounds um, excellent, and I'm like, sure, okay. I might do a re-edit of that video and upload it just to like get it uploaded because yeah. I like the video a lot. I um, love that video, but they can still watch us commentate over the full film if they want to. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's all the notes I've written. To be fair, uh, the the ending, I like the ending. I'm a fan of the fact of what Rosebud is. I like how it's his sled. And I like mm. how it's a linked almost to like like that's what he thought that was the last thing he thought of was a uh, in, more innocent time. He didn't say Mary, he didn't say Susan, he didn't say Leland, mm. he didn't say Inquirer, because i will be awkward. Imagine that. Yeah. Just going Inquirer tries. and then just dropped the a snow globe. <laughs> it was it was like his um it was it was his uh link to his childhood which is what i liked a lot with it personally <laughs> but yeah i again i still i i love Susan Kane. i think talking it with you it is because i am such a fan of the craft of filmmaking itself and that is where i question will it be interesting to anyone else i don't know yeah i don't know um and obviously for you, Robbie, if if they just cut out that newspaper thing, maybe you would have liked it more. Um, and maybe
1: I'd have loved it if maybe the whole a- news if the whole news article thing at the beginning wasn't in it.
0: Maybe I'd have loved this movie. Do the Tweedle um, cut. It's not got the newspaper thing, and it's got Ted instead of Orson awesome Welles.
1: Yeah, and there's no bad transition because fuck that. <laughs> it's just it's just Leo. Shows sure, it's just him. It's just a profile shot of
0: him going, Bray! and then it <laughs> it's, it's the next thing. I think replace think... replace Wells with Ted and replace Leland with Leo like just super oh,
1: I could do that I watched a tutorial about a similar thing today about you know when they're like in Once point a time in Hollywood where they cut out Leonardo DiCaprio the best film of what?
0: 2019 <laughs> crawl out
1: no I know <laughs> <laughs> when they put him in the grit skin. yeah 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 I learned how to do it the other day, so I could, in theory, just cut Leland down, and put Leo in. It's one of my. I won't, but I could.
0: Le- oh no, I'm just gonna stop. Never mind, Leland. Yeah, I was gonna do that, but I was like, no, yeah. I'm, gonna- <laughs> I'm not gonna make that. So you, joke.
1: you leave it for me, the genuine comedian.
0: <laughs> not even joking.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that's, no. sadly, sadly no. enough.
0: The one who wants to actually be a comedian, I'll leave it to the jokes. Yeah. Unlike, <laughs> unlike me, who's trying to make fucking wanted poster jokes. <laughs> None this time around. I do not want to fuck. Damn it! I don't want to fuck. Awesome Wells. There you, you go. You haven't you ha- <laughs> put that on your teamstone. Oscar want- W. Fitcher doesn't want to fuck. Awesome Wells. Should that be your <laughs> Tinder bio? Yes, please. I would change it right now.
1: <laughs> oh, brilliant. I think Oh, what was I gonna say? You haven't done your one uh, your one impression per week. How did <sighs> Oh you did a bird, I suppose.
0: I mean I mean it's not if natural, I... you're putting me on my spot now. Well yeah, we haven't got we haven't got to the reviews of the trivia yet. We don't know. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll change my later. it's not that much of importance. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that important. <laughs> Excellent. Um but yeah overall thoughts on citizen kane i still love it i really fucking love it robbie you're indifferent on it aren't you
1: i think yeah i think the story behind the way it was made and the and the story that surrounds the film is far more
0: interesting than the film mm. itself for me cool cool and with that being said we're gonna move on to some trivia Woo! do you know one thing i've realized yeah. In the description, when I put the time codes, that's one thing I want to remind people: there's time codes if you want to skip about. Yes. Um, uh In the, d- I don't. I for the for all the videos, I've never had them labelled as trivia. It's just always fun film facts. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just you um... you
1: type that out.
0: <laughs> Why is it a surprise to you that? It's that? No, it's a lot of copy. No, it's copy and pasting because when oh, we because f- okay. when we first started. And <laughs> I don't type, I go, whoa. <laughs> if, you type in full film fast. I go, like, wait a second, that's not <laughs> no, what I meant. No, because when we were still, tr- back when we didn't have an intro, or we didn't know what, like, to like... Oh my god, remember those days? When we did remember, the the god... days
1: be- remember the days before the theme tunes? My god.
0: No, when we did the Godfather one, we were like, I'm still waiting on a theme song right now, and then... Yeah. Uh and then but yeah and then we were just kind of like oh we're just gonna try. that'll be interesting in a year's time should we just listen back to the first episode and just oh, see God, like yeah and just see that, yeah that, that'll that be something we'll do that then um but yeah but i just copy and paste i think that was at a point where i was like i don't want to just call it trivia i'll call it fun film facts maybe that'll be a thing and i've just always said ah hmm. trivia we don't trivia for this but we're doing trivia but it's still going to be called fun film facts so there you go uh can we come up with a name for it now? Um
1: uh, I don't, yeah, no.
0: Okay, All right. It's still fun film <laughs> facts. <We're> gonna... <laughs> it's still fun
1: film facts. Because we're gonna, cause God... We're going to deliver you some trivia.
0: Because uh, <laughs> we need to work our way up to where we have jingles for each segment. Oh, my God, yeah. So it would be like fun film facts duh, or whatever i don't know and then it would be like another clip one that. lewis clip k- lewis clip that <laughs> and then, then it'll be another one where it's just like negative letterbox box reviews blur then- <laughs> again clip that one we're using that <laughs> we should get like a cameo of like um john chalice who played boise from only falls on horses just to like do it <laughs> <laughs> There was a point where Will and I was so tempted to get John Chalice to we we're gonna pay a five at a John Chalice. It was a five at each, so it would have been a tenner to John Chalice to do an intro for heel pictures. <laughs> it never oh happened. Oh god. It never happened, but Oh yeah. been an excellent. Anyway, trivia. Um trivia. <laughs> all this has got from I am all this is got from IMDb. Fuck's sake, Oscar, try that again. All this has <coughs> been attained from IMDb. So there Much you go. Better. All this has been got from IMDb. <laughs> um, <laughs> <clears throat> Despite all, public- all the publicity, the film was a box office flop and was quickly... Con- Consign. Oh my God, I'm an idiot. Let me try that again. This is me, not with any caffeine in me. I've literally water. Mate. You can do it. Despite all the publicity, the film was a box office slop- flop and quickly consigned to the RKO vaults. At 1941's Academy Awards, the film was booed every time one of its nine nominations was announced. It was only re-released to the public in the mid 50s. Imagine being so like, like. It's so bad. We're just gonna put you in a vault to never be released. Who
1: boos at the Oscars as well? Yeah, who does that? Was <laughs> that like other actors going no. like, "Boo,
0: you yeah. suck"? Yeah, that's not a public affair. That's reporters and industry people who's booing? Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine like at the Oscars
1: the other year if it was just me sat in a corner like every time Toy Story four got mentioned, you suck. Give it, give it to Klaus.
0: This is ridiculous. I was room for. I lost my body. That was the one I was open for. Oh. But Could Cla- not believe Klaus didn't win that. Klaus, unbelievable. Sh- Klaus would have also been the one I would have been rooting for. What was? Yeah. Was there anyone that I was heavily against that? year? I think I was all fine with most of the nominations. That year. No, Toy Story Falcon suck a dick. I don't mind it. Um- <laughs> <laughs> I have a heavy disliking for it, as we all know. <laughs> Did we expl? We explained in one of the podcasts, didn't we? We uh, one of them. Pro- it was, probably. It, it was either my one or your one. I can't remember. It was yeah, even- I
1: feel. I feel like we've explained my my disdain for yeah.
0: it. Yeah. I think it was my one. It was, and we're rolling. But, uh, yeah, it was done.
1: Go um, listen to it if you want the story on that.
0: <laughs> here we go. Now here's a bit. Here's a few trivia points on the whole William Randolph Hearst situation. William Randolph Hearst was so angered by the film that he accused Orson Welles of being a communist in order to keep the film from being released.
1: (laughs) But that's in the news report at the beginning. Yeah. That's very interesting.
0: Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. But like, that's, it's like, again, this was just happening. Like, you don't hear about that now. Like, again, the closest yeah, thing, yeah. again, we can come to, because I know Mark Zuckerberg was trying to get social network to not be made, but you don't hear about, like, Mark Zuckerberg going, like, Finch is a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
1: just like... It's just
0: like, it's just like Mark Zuckerberg oh is quietly trying to use his legal team to be like, just get fucking, like, stop that.
1: Yeah, no but, one just, like, spout slander anymore.
0: Bring no, it back, you... people. Bring back slander. <laughs> Isn't that Twitter? <laughs> Isn't that Twitter? Right, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I yeah. Gonna...
1: We know equivalent of if
0: Twitter was around back then, William Randolph Hearst would have been like, he would have just been Trump. He would have just been slagging off all awesome smiles yeah. on Twitter. That's just what would have been happening. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Trump will come back up in this trivia section, and that's all Ooh. I'm leaving it out for now. Um,. During filming, Orson Welles received a warning that William Randolph Hearst had arranged for a naked woman to jump into his arms when he entered his hotel room and there was also a photographer in the room to take a picture that would be used to discredit him. Welles spent the night elsewhere and it is unknown if the warning was true. Imagine that.
1: Fucking
0: hell. What? Yeah. Someone like,
1: tried to ruin his reputation by setting this up.
0: Yeah. William Randolph Hearst did, apparently. That is
1: hilarious. <laughs> that is the funniest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. That is so... Hats off to him. I, <laughs> I, I, genuinely, I'd have thought he succeeded. That's so unbelievably elaborate. That's hilarious. Oh, Again, my God. he went I need to write being, that down.
0: He went from being like, Orson's a communist. And now he's like, oh, that's not working. What else can we do? <laughs>
1: Let's just pin a prostitute on him. That's but also, so funny.
0: I, I mean, it would have been like the 40s, 30s. So I guess it's like, yeah, that would have been absolute slanderous at the time. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. nowadays it would have been like, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, You'd be right, like yeah. right, so what Brad Pitt has a hooker with him? Like, that's, yeah, what, that what? Yeah, that's yeah. what that would be now. Yeah. That's what that would be now. like, yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> but like then yeah. it would have been, it would have been like, oh, "Awesome Wells with a prostitute." Oh.
1: Yeah, like I, I saw Chris Evans knob a month ago. <laughs> like it's fine, people move on, people forget. People,
0: people laugh it off and it goes, <laughs> and then just go,
1: yeah, just That's get it. on with
0: it. But the fact that William Randolph Hearst was like plan, this is a this is, was a genuine businessman. If this was true, how does he find the time to map this plan out? This is like,
1: it's like pinky in the brain levels <laughs> el- elaborate for no reason.
0: And I, I also like, it. and I think that, that, w- that did happen. So there was just a naked woman in a hotel room waiting for this and a photographer is also just waiting and yes. ne- nothing ever happened
1: I like the thought that there was no one else in the room yeah. except this naked woman and a, and a photographer And for I a also, good, for a good, like, four hours just trying to make small talk.
0: And I also like the thing that <laughs> William Randolph Hearst was in the wardrobe, like, waiting as well, just being like, come on, Orson, come on. Come on. <laughs> when
1: Albert he was going to jump out and go, gotcha! <laughs> like, <laughs> <was> like, ha! <laughs> ha! Now you're going to take that film
0: down, you little bitch. <laughs>
1: That is hilarious.
0: I want to write a script where that's a scenario.
1: <laughs> genuinely, that is so
0: funny. This made-up thing that might not have actually that didn't actually happen in a situation that might or might not have been a thing. I wanna make I wanna genuinely like make a thing about that. That's brilliant. <laughs> Nothing's gonna stop that for me. Uh, the film's op. The film's opening with just the title and no star names was unprecedented in 1941. It is now the industry norm for Hollywood blockbusters. That's the one the guy. That's like the credits were at the end. Like they weren't at the beginning, they were at the end. Oh uh, yeah. Which that cuz it was like it just had Citizen Kane and then the film started. And then at the end we had the end and then the credits.
1: Really interesting that. Yeah another way it's paved the way i suppose
0: yeah um according to ruth warwick who uh, played Mary in the film his first mm. wife. Orson Welles was not in good shape at the beginning of production. When principal photography began, Welles was suffering from the effects of caffeine poisoning as the result of consuming 30 to 40 cups of coffee a day. Wells then switched to tea figuring that the hassle of having to brew the beverage would naturally limit his intake but Wells had someone on call to brew the tea for him and within two weeks, weeks wells was the color of tannic acid it was also reported that he would go for long periods without eating then put away two or three large steaks with side items at one sitting jesus christ Mm. that's
1: worse than me at uni
0: i'm seeing that in the sense like 30 to 40 cups of coffee a day goes there that that speaks a lot to her yeah. To, to, to us lot again here's me being like I haven't caffeinated today <laughs> <laughs> that is lunacy yeah
1: my 40. god
0: I get a headache after two that's why I stop yeah. I, can, I, I can maybe push three and then I need to stop because I get a headache
1: I have like tops for a day mm. but then that's like I it's usually two yeah that's insane yeah I
0: and mean, he went to tea And then he just looked like... Tea, which
1: also has caffeine in. Yeah, it does, yeah. You're not helping yourself (laughs) Austin.
0: Calm down, mate, calm down. I think I also read some of that, like, he was, he apparently had, he was quite made up for when he was younger. Mm. Because I think it was like a thing, like, he always kind of, I think he was like, he didn't have those good looks even then. So, like, he he had a lot of makeup and heavy lighting on him to make him have this philanthropy playboy look to him. All oh, right. Um cool. Whereas when he got made up to be older, all they had to do was just kind of just make him look older as opposed to actually yeah. make him look weathered. Yeah. Which, which I've heard. But yeah, I mean... That's quite interesting. I mean, if you're 25 and you're in that point, mm. if, you, if you work so hard where you're up to that point, you're not going to look... You're not going to have... You're not going to be looking all uh, well-kept, are you? No, you're really not. You only have so much time to look after yourself when you've got a career to have. <laughs> exactly. It's what, it's what I'm slowly discovering. <laughs> Oscar, your blogs are incredible. How are you doing though? I'm just not having any weekends.
1: I'm just not doing anything else yeah. with my
0: time. <laughs> yeah. God help me if This is our escape.
1: Thing. This is if anyone's wondering what we do outside the podcast. It's working constantly.
0: Oh, Christmas but, break is a rarity. I had this week just to watch films. I'm like, this is a miracle. Yeah. But if we're not doing this, we would have... The reason why we weren't doing podcasted over October and November and that, like we had planned, is because we were like, shit, all this work we need to do. Oh, yeah. Like,
1: this, I don't think Tr- people realize that this is our break.
0: Yeah, trust us. us. doing this. Trust us, trust us when we tell you Spooktober and November would have went along as planned. Yeah. If but, it weren't
1: for the amount of work we have to do, you'd have got things before now.
0: You know, but you know, I had to make a film about the game of Tig and Robbie had to make a film with the CGI bear. So that happened. Yeah. So when you put it like that, it's all questionable, isn't it? About what we.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it was just one of our films that got picked. We'd probably been all right. We could have worked around it, I think, genuinely. Yeah, because yeah. it could have been like a break for the other one to de-stress a little bit.
0: Yeah. But with yeah. Us
1: both, we were both
0: just ripping our <laughs> hair out. The fact that we both were directing a film. Oh, my God. Mate. Anyway. <laughs> You're living your <laughs> land. What are you going to do when we're rolling or something like that? To basically, just to be like an intermission after hours? Just <laughs> to, to be like, right, let's just... Let's talk. just... Uh... <laughs> Robbie, tell me about your first time directing a uni film. <laughs> let's both
1: just do really shit pictures for production too. So that neither of us get picked. Come on, let's...
0: Uh, you can't see because of the background.
1: Oh, I got given a rum and coke today. It's go. downstairs.
0: There you go. Come on, let's uh, let's pour one out and let's better, Let's <laughs> pour one
1: out and have a chat. How
0: are you <laughs> feeling, then? That's definitely, that's definitely an after, intermission after hour. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> the audience that watches Kane make his speech is, in fact, a still photo. To give the illusion of movement, hundreds of holes were pricked with a pin and light moves about behind it. That's yeah. fucking great.
1: That is great. I, I knew that already. I don't know where I knew mm. that from, but that, that things like that are so yeah. excellent to me. Yeah, I love hearing things like that.
0: Yeah, like little things like... Yeah, because it's, it, cause it's like we're trying... Again, as filmmakers, we're trying to think, how is it going to work? It goes literally as long as it looks good in frame and it yeah. makes sense in frame. The geography doesn't matter if you were slightly off. Yeah. is one thing I've learned massively. It's so
1: good. Like, like the end of Evil Dead. The final shot of Evil Dead is shot on a motorbike. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There's a shot that's just flying into Bruce Campbell. And that was hmm. uh, just a guy on a motorbike holding a camera and you can tell but it just looks mm. excellent and i love i love hearing things like that
0: it's like how Bre- most of breathless was uh there's a lot of breathless i was just shot yeah. with a dude in a wheelchair yeah just yeah it's, it's great excellent love it. meanwhile here's us be like we need gimbals we need steady steadicams like why can't we yeah. just fucking get a wheelie chair yes
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just grab something from the edit suite and be like right someone sit there and now let's move like like oh uh, like, well
1: I've done a low-angle dolly on a skateboard in my time.
0: <laughs> just stick a camera on a
1: skateboard and yeah, wheel yeah. I've done one of them before. Or the one that I used to do um, in my when I did my first shot was um, attach the camera to the tr- to a tripod, hold the stick in the middle of the tripod and just hang it upside down yeah. and let it get as low as possible and then just pull it on the floor like that and the weight of the tripod kind of steadies it out. I've done that, in, yeah. And then in post you just flip it.
0: Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, I would.
1: I wouldn't recommend it because you're you're very you know very close to breaking your DSLR on the floor.
0: It's but scary,
1: but you know it's yeah. terrifying. But it it plays off. Also
0: that's a, that's how I did some of the low shots for a Very Merry Gary Christmas. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I did yeah. a few of stuff like that. Um, now a lot of these ones involve. Uh, is that right? They're all never mind ignore what I was about to say it's not relevant. <laughs> uh, to keep studio execs off his back, also Wells claimed the cast and crew were in rehearsal during the first few days of shooting when in fact they were actually shooting the film. It took a number of days before the studio caught on. Excellent stuff. <laughs> I bet he was not in trouble at all. Yeah. <laughs> again, imagine that is this twenty-five-year-old just being like, "Oh no, we're doing this," and then he's yeah. like, he's like, fuck you! You're making me look like a bitch. What you're doing? That's it." Is. Again, I kind of wish, emotion. I kind of want to see a film about the making of Citizen Kane, not the, excuse, not the writing of it, because that's what yeah. Mike is. I want to see like a film of Orson Welles making Citizen Kane. Yeah. Lord like DiCaprio. I do, again, I do think that I mean. Yeah. He's a bit older for that now, I guess, but I think he can still pull it off, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He can still pull it off, too. Um, is any anyone? Um, I don't know. I can't really think of any uh, other younger actor who looks like Orson Welles. Yeah, no. Because, uh, I mean, if we're going by age-wise, I could, it's Timothy Chalamet, but Chalamet looks nothing like Orson Yeah, Welles. exactly. <laughs> He's playing Bob Dylan, and even then, I'm slightly questioning he's his Bob looks. He's playing Bob Dylan in an upcoming film, yeah, in a biopic I, on Bob Dylan. I can I'm, see it. I'm fine with it, but I think Timothy Charlemagne mm-hmm. is a bit too good looking for Bob Dylan, but. Yeah. It's yeah. a good choice,
1: though. I don't mind yeah, that. Yeah,
0: it's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Um. Throughout production, Orson Welles had problems with various film executives not respecting his contract stipulation of non-interference, and several spies arrived on set to report what they saw to the executives. When the executives would sometimes arrive on set unannounced, the entire cast and crew would suddenly start playing softball until they left. Oh, Again, you don't hear about shit like that now. Just like, <laughs> that's great
1: like that is absolutely excellent
0: like now it would be like no 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 no. i don't want any interference then you have disney you'd be like all right then bye yeah this kick you off yeah we got so we get someone else cough solo a star wars story cough due to creative differences the amount of times i've fucking heard that i
1: hate that phrase due to creative differences
0: the, first the time, I, first time i heard that i think was a like when edgar boot got booed off ant man and ever since yeah. then i'm ever since then whenever i hear so and so was kicked off due to creative differences i'm like okay so basically they it means they were trying to make a exciting film yeah and, and then there was like but um, we want the film to fit in this type one of, of them thing. one of the disappointing ones for me is
1: is the Han Solo movie. Yeah. Uh, Phil, Phil, L- Phil Lord and Chris Miller would have smashed that. Yeah, they would have done. It really... would have been so good.
0: Yeah. I mean, Solo's good. It's good.
1: I really enjoy Solo. I think it's better than most people. But. but, it, but...
0: Ron Howard. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> He's, He's fine. Right. It's fine. I'll let him off.
1: He's he just... was in American Graffiti. I'll let him off.
0: There's one film that I really like from him and I can't think The Grinch. <laughs> That was, I was going to say that. But. <laughs> um, yeah, originally, the movie was going to be based on the life of Howard Hughes with Joseph Cotton, who played Leland, in the lead. Mm. Eventually, Orson Welles realized nobody would believe most of the stuff Hughes had done, so he decided to make Kane a media baron instead. That's
1: interesting. What's this Howard Hughes guy done? <laughs> I don't know, that sounds like no Wait, one would believe what he's done. Are you, don't you know Howard Hughes? No, I don't know.
0: The Aviator? No. He was um He was a uh He pla uh says he did a film called The Aviator with DiCaprio playing Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes was basically a similar type of guy where he had this uh again he was like um I can't remember his specifics, but he was also one of these guys who really famous really you know all uh all sorts of stuff and that uh big and that and he just kind of became a recluse and he would like just stay inside and he would right, just okay. and i think there was like rumors in the figure you know it was like oh he was just pissing jars because he just wouldn't want to go and he was like a big germaphobe and that like he would wash his hands like constantly oh, like right. like i can't again i don't know specifics about howard hughes but yeah mm. But no, I'm, oh, wow. I'm surprised. I thought you, I thought you would know about Howard no, Hughes. No, no, I
1: didn't mm-hmm. know
0: about that. Yeah, I still near watched The Aviator, which is about Howard Hughes. Yeah. Um, which at the time really I think people, actually. which I think at the time people were kind of like, oh, that's Scorsese's Oscar bait film. But mm. I think it's kind of grown a bit more fondly. I think I don't know more so for right. DiCaprio's performance. Um, yeah. Orson Welles tried to buy out the screen credit for co-writer Herman J. Mankiewicz. Welles actually paid him several thousand dollars. However, the Writers Guild got wind of this and said that he was not permitted to do so. When Welles tried to get his money back, Mankiewicz had already spent it. That's excellent. And that stuff's kind of touched upon in Mank. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there's, there's a lot. But there's also essays and shit to go off from this. Mm. Tens of thousands of words written about this whole thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> a, it's a mental. Um, for this movie, Orson Welles, along with cinematographer Greg Toland, pioneered, pioneered deep focus, a technique that keeps every object in the foreground, center, and background in simultaneous focus. This brought a sense of depth to the two dimensional world of movies. Which we've already briefly explained in the sense of that's yeah. kind of where it's interesting where things where you hear how things start. It's like how um the steady cam was made to fall the shining, yeah, and then that's when the steady cam was just about. And you know, deep focus was done because mm-hmm. of this film. And you, and it does. it does like have this extended feel into the frame, doesn't it yeah. where again, I think back to films of previous decades, everything was kind of more just flat stage type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I again, I'm a big fan of the deep focus lenses yeah. of all this stuff. Co-writer Herman J. Mankiewicz actually knew William Randolph Hearst and his mistress, Marion Davies, uh, the two figures that Citizen Kane essentially lampoons. Both Herman J. Mankiewicz and cinematographer Greg Toland had been ejected from one of Hearst's famous parties at his elaborate homestead, San Simeon, for excessive drinking, which is a scene, Excellent. which is a scene that is explored in Mank, ah. so, but it's only of Mank. I don't think the cinematographer uh, Greg Toland is uh, present in the film, but there is a moment uh. where Gary Oldman as Mank shows up to the pie, pissed off his head, and then, Excellent. Uh, but yeah, I just find that interesting. Like that's a real world thing that happened. Mm. Um, Orson Welles always claimed that this picture was not the biography of one specific individual, but a uh, composite of characters from that era in America. Though universally recognized as based on the life of William Randolph Hearst, there were also elements in the story that applied to the life of Chicago utilities magnate Samuel Insull. So even though a lot of it is quite William Randolph Hearst, it's not all, again, I, yeah. which I think's more accurate in the sense it's just a commentary on that whole lifestyle yeah. of that time. Um, the credited cast were entirely from the Mercury Theatre troupe, which Orson Welles founded when he was 21 years old. The Mercury Theatre did radio dramatizations of such works as Les Miserables, A Tale of Two Cities, Treasure Island, The 39 Steps. Abraham Lincoln, the Count of Monte Cristo, and most famously, the War of the Worlds, so. where he
1: convinced loads of people that the world is actually being invaded by aliens. That's crazy. Which is very, which is very funny.
0: Yes, it is. It's amazing. But I like that in the sense of like how it's like again, all the cast is just theater people that Wells yeah. knew. Which, or which again, you could look at it in the sense like Wells was trying because P- again, there's these reports like or like theories like Wells was trying to keep was trying to keep credit for himself. He was trying to claim that he was the sole reason and Citizen Kane was a thing and all that stuff, you know, with mm. the whole thing with Mankiewicz. But he was also quite grateful in the sense of like, how we just like, you know, this was what he did. He just like, I'm getting people that I know yeah. who are more theater people in this film. And also- It's kind of like,
1: if I'm coming up to the big time, you're coming with me sort of thing, which yeah, I like.
0: Yeah, and also, and also, and if you think as well, his End credit. It wasn't directed by Orson Welles. It said direction of production, Orson Welles. And also in that card, Mm. photography, Greg Toland. And that's the last thing you see on the film because I think Orson Welles is very much so thinking himself. I think he did, he has said that if it wasn't for Greg Toland's cinematography, the film wouldn't really be what it is. So I think that's where he credits it. And, you know, he could have very well been, nah, Orson Welles has his own title card. But he's like, no, I'm sharing it with the cinematographer. Yeah. Because we're both. So it's as players. much his film as anyone's. Yeah. Which yeah. I like a lot with that. Yeah. Um, The film showcased a technique called universal focus to get the image of kane and the poster picture during the speech sequence short lenses were used at the same time the key light the main lights were gradually increased to get both images sharp and clear mental mm. yeah lunacy yeah but if it wasn't for that we wouldn't have certain things yeah. Which I, but what I find interesting is like, because we've just worked with film. Like we've just worked with 16mm film. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> I like it, but it's also fucking pedantic, isn't it? It is
1: horrible. As the camera operator on that.
0: Yeah, you had to work with it, yeah.
1: It is the worst thing in the world because you have to go off actual measurements, actual real world tape measured measurements for focal length and a light meter for aperture and all this kind of stuff and then even then you're not sure if it is in focus Mm -hmm. and you record it and the worst part of the whole thing is not being able to see what you've just recorded back
0: Mm -hmm. god it's awful so again imagining only having that format to shoot on and you do a shot like that yeah
1: <laughs> what? Like like that, there what? Is. yeah. Just this big, like... doing a shot like this. <laughs> it is insane. To yeah, me. yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I, I really do have a newfound appreciation for it after, after doing that.
0: Um, after doing that module, because if we were film students twenty years earlier, we would only mm. be having to work on film. Yeah, yeah. Realistically, I mean, we'd be digitally shooting stuff, but that'd be more video. But mm. But, like, yeah, imagine that. Like, I don't want to. Yeah, but yeah. Sounds absolutely horrible. But that's crazy. Um, Orson Welles came to dislike the Rosebud twist, calling it Dollar Book Freud. What? Yeah. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, no, he didn't like the Rosebud twist, which... Sounds like a certain someone
1: what you talking about... Talking about a certain tongue being cut off by a certain individual in a
0: certain short film. I don't know what you mean. Um, (laughs) Oh, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Fuck's
1: sake. I was Uh, talking about the muse. God damn it. You know I was talking about the muse. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. Spoilers Spoilers for the muse.
0: Uh, (laughs) Excellent. Well, you know. We all, oh, hate, we all hate We all hate our films, don't we? That's where yeah. it comes to, is it? And the Muse is hardly Citizen fucking Kane, mate. <laughs> <laughs> In look, your we, eyes. look, we did a gimbal shot and that blew everyone's mind. I bloody love it. All it's, right. It's a really good. I
1: like it. It's I've seen ground... that film more than anyone.
0: Well, you edited I'm, it, so I pieced
1: that beach together. Shot that shot.
0: <laughs> it was excellent. No, I want to get back to it at some point.
1: Yeah. When I I I I'm to. like
0: when I'm like close and close to my deathbed, I guess that's when I'll uh, finally do it.
1: Yeah. I'd love for that film to be what kills us off in the end.
0: (laughs) That's how I want
1: to go making the muse.
0: Do we even finish it by this? Do we still finish it or is it still left undone?
1: I want to be, I want it to be a symbolic final shot. And as soon as we hit the cut, that's it.
0: We all simultaneous heart (laughs) attacks. (gasps) And we're done. That's it. Does anyone survive or is there, or, or is everyone gone? Uh, everyone but us survives. It's just, us two. Uh, <laughs> it's just was, us two that go. So Joe, L, yeah, Talia, everyone else is fine. Jack, Reese, Megan, Scott, all good. They're good. It's just us two. Peg yeah. it completely. <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. It's, not, the dream. Reco- it's not recording in a mission. It's not no, doing it's, anything it's, else we do. It's finishing the muse. It's
1: finishing the muse that kills us off in the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what? Sure.
1: I'd be happy with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Selected by the Vatican in the art category of its list of 45 great films. Vatican loves Citizen Kane. Very good. As well as It's a Wonderful Life, as we also discovered. And Michael Colleon. I mean, that's also questionable. It's- uh uh donald trump here we go oh god donald trump says this is his favorite film occasionally to sound smart yet in his more candid interviews he claims his favorite film is blood Sport from 1988 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. god it was
1: fun. it was the beginning sentence of that other. Donald Trump claims this to be his favorite film to sound intelligent. <laughs> is that actually what's written in the trivia on IMDb? Donald, so fu- Donald Trump says so his favorite funny.
0: film, occasion. it says this is his favorite film, occasionally to sound smart. That's, <laughs> that's so funny. The fact that that's even trivia is hilarious. Um, <laughs> right, here we go. We're coming mm-hmm. to the last two bits of trivia. Okay. Film scholars and historians view Citizen Kane as Wells' attempt to create a new style of filmmaking, but studying various forms, uh, by studying various forms of it and combining them into one. However, Wells stated that his love for cinema began only when he started working on the film. When asked where he got the confidence to... As a first-time director to direct a film, so radically different from contemporary cinema, he responded, Ignorance. Ignorance. Sheer ignorance. You know there's no confidence to equal it. It's only when you know something about a profession, I think, that you're timid or careful that's i'd say that's very accurate that's fascinating as fuck and i relate massively yeah yeah because we're
1: always like oh well it's got to be this because film we're studying
0: yeah it's in our modules to study Mm. films that relate to what we want to achieve yeah that's
1: really interesting
0: but say we say fuck it and we go you know what i want to look at the structure of a short novel as to how I want to structure this film. Because mm. I think Tarantino, like, that's how he structured Pulp Fiction. He wrote Pulp Fiction in the sense of, like, no one writes, no one makes films as they would if they were to read a novel. And that's how he wrote Pulp Fiction, yeah. was in the sense of that. And again, Wells just thought, nah, I'm just doing it how I know, not from a film. But that's from- really interesting. Like, because I've re- one thing that I realized, like when I was coming up with the first plan for Yorit, when it mm. was going to be an action film, I was referencing a lot of manga. Yeah. When thinking about the concept of the film, but then when I got back to doing the newer version of your It, I was thinking of films like Manchester by the Sea, Call Me by Your Name, and at that point, mm. you're trying to compete with those films, which is dangerous because then you're yeah. trying to be another film and not grabbing things from something else. I think. Mm which yeah i think is
1: That's, that is fascinating
0: which i think is some of that like i need to take more in consideration or maybe looking at other forms of media and yeah. try to take that into how i want to make mm. a film yeah uh, cool. a final bit of trivia william god sake, pop filter calm down uh william randolph hearst was infuriated by this movie Obviously, That's based awesome. off his, on his life, according to an essay written by the New York Review of Books by Gore Vidal, Rosebud. Uh, Rosebud was Hearst's... <laughs> right, here we go. No, no uh, way. Reportedly, Rosebud was Hearst's name for longtime mistress Marion Davis's clitoris uh Vidal's essay drew upon Louise Brooks's memoirs as she was an intimate friend of Davies and a frequent house guest at Hearst Castle other reports claim screenwriter Herman J Mankowitz took the name from a bicycle he owned as a child either way the discussions of Rosebud's origins are difficult to date any earlier than the 1970s as feared retribution by Hearst and following his death many of his devotees made the subject taboo.
1: So much to take in.
0: Yeah. Now, I knew about that where it was like, oh, apparently Rosebrood was the nickname of Marion Davies Clit. That is the weirdest shit.
1: What is that about? Who who names it?
0: Yeah, anyway. Just anyway. Yeah, just like,
1: who's naming them? Do you know, you know what I mean?
0: What, you know what I'm gonna call that
1: <laughs> Stevo. Do you know what I mean? Like what? What is that? Welcome to jackass. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to jackass. This is Stevo. <laughs> that is so stupid. Well, <laughs> weird claim as well. He's like, he got that obsessed with the fact that this film was based on his life and that he was taking it as libel, and he's like so obsessed with it to a point where he's like well 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 they nicked Rosebud from my mistress's clip (laughs) like you got that far into it
0: that's insane I want to read more about William Randolph Hearst the man seems fucking mental
1: he seems insane
0: (laughs) god but yeah that was the last bit of trivia for Citizen Ah. Kane there's more as well but I'm not we're not the place for that to be yeah no we're not your reference point for the mental shit that went on with the making of citizen kane Yeah,
1: look into it it's very interesting to me and more interesting than the film itself
0: i would put on a similar level as apocalypse now where like you can look deep into the making of that stuff but yeah and we'll move on now to the next section and since my fucking uh laptop just turned off randomly i lost the page so let me find it (laughs) again But we're gonna be going through negative letterboxed reviews. I'm fascinated by this. I'm go. interested to see. Uh
1: what I feel like they're gonna be funny.
0: Yeah, right. It's gonna be Let's... one of those ones. Let's go. Half a star. Hell no, go away the Godfather is the greatest movie of all time. Alright, so it's half a star saying like Fox doesn't game. Okay. Godfather. And that way. one's so... from
1: that one's from Al Pacino, is it?
0: Uh, Pacino underscore Al. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, good, good.
0: Pacino underscore <laughs> Al,
1: one, two, three. <laughs> one, two, three, sixty
0: nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, half a star. There wasn't oh, a God. single second of this film that was entertaining or enjoyable. The only conceivable reason to watch this movie is to appreciate the history of film. I'm not sure if half a star
1: yeah that doesn't that doesn't warrant a half a star I agree with him because that's generally my thoughts but not half a star calm down
0: half a star my 11th grade English teacher made us watch this and the half star is for the enjoyment I got from the moment I fell asleep fuck you Mr. (laughs) Horgan
1: that's up there in the hall of fame (laughs) We need to Fuck go through, you,
0: I can't, I can't remember, right, so far, that's the thing, that's one thing I need to do, within 2021, I need to come up with a hall of fame on letter, letterbox reviews that we've encountered, yeah, that's a good do. one, we do, and be... printed
1: on a t-shirt,
0: <laughs> that's yeah. so good, when we, in, when we uh, somehow eventually uh, make intermission merchandise,
1: yeah, when we get intermission merch,
0: uh, that's, that's great, that'll be a thing when we actually get uh, people commenting, <clears throat> yeah. Please comment, like, and subscribe. Please. Uh, half a star, controversial take, but I hate it. That's that's Okay. A, right. yeah, okay. Grow up is what I'd say. Either be funny on Letterboxd or give an actual conclusive, like, constructive review. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Get out. Um. I even haven't, a uh, half star, I even haven't watched this film, I, what, hang on, I haven't even watched this film, I'm just rating a half a star to make my lecturer mad. Okay. Classic. Classic. No, I'm not going to say anything. What? No, I'll say some, I'll, remind me to say it after, because I'm not going to, no. You're not saying it on a... No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um... Because people would get mad if I do. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, half a star. I get it. Cinematography changed because of this shit movie. Doesn't make the movie less shit. And there's a bed emoji. What? Why
1: is there? A, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Well, what reason is there
0: a bed emoji? I don't know. Sleeping, I guess. Boring. Oh but you Jesus didn't. Christ! I, I would don't have. Know. I would have thought the shit emoji would have been uh, yeah. there. Yeah. You know. More appropriate. Yeah. Half a star, this is a really good film. I just can't rate it because of the status it has, so I'll just give some people a midi heart attack instead, okay,
1: excellent. well, that's I'm a fine. nice one, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, as we discussed, it's the news that I'll get us in the end.
0: Half a star, Citizen Kane, more like Citizen Lame.
1: Oh my god, yes. Those are the kind of ones that I really miss when they're not about Citizen Kane, more like
0: Citizen Lane. I missed this. I missed an admission for these. I reasons. missed an
1: admission so
0: much. the Stupid. <laughs> name, right? Fuck you, Mister Hogan. <laughs> um, half a star. I did not get it. I did not. Oh. M- Must itch that's what was said and that wasn't me trying to do a foreign that wasn't me trying to translate it like i have not done the past few times it's just gibberish oh brilliant okay so so someone just decided to quote the room and then just fucking just then just gibberish smack
1: the keyboard a bit
0: god i hope it's not an actual language otherwise i just horrifically went it's just fucking gibberish and then i find oh. I'm, a ra- and then i'm accidentally a racist and- <laughs>
1: it's like the the always sunny in philadelphia thing comes up like the intro comes up and it just says oscar becomes a racist
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh half a star what a snooze fest Let's get into real classics. And then there's a link to something, and I dare not... Cl- okay, it's YouTube. I'm not clicking anything incriminating. What is this okay. real... Cl- oh, what okay. is this
1: real classic?
0: It's the trailer to It. Oh, fuck off.
1: <laughs> Grow up.
0: Grow up, mate. And then there's one review, half a star review. That's, a fo- that's actually a foreign language that I'm not going to read. You're not got me this Wait, time. You're not got me... <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna keep it up until one day when i just randomly spout out just uh, <laughs> when i'm just come flowing. back next week folks <laughs> come back next week when there's maybe a foreign review that i might not read <laughs> um... <laughs> final review half a star did i mention that this film uses deep focus you don't have to because i watched the film you didn't have to uh...
1: we read the trivia bitch so, Get out of town.
0: I think I have to give it to the fuck you, Mr. Horgan, for the best
1: one. Yeah, that's the best one. Big, Citizen Kane, more like Citizen Lame, is very notable. That's
0: close, but yeah. For the winner, my yeah, it's eighth grade, Horgan, my eleventh grade English teacher made us watch this, and the half star is for the enjoyment I got from the moments I fell asleep. Fuck you, Mr. Horgan. Uh, big. Per- <laughs> this is new as well. It's sixteenth of December. Oh, uh, very good. Half a good star. Big ups to. Eggy Consumes? Eggy Consumes? That's the username. Eggy Consumes. Favorite films of this person uh, include Fast Color. Haven't seen it. Don't know. The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Very good. Pride. Solid film. Very good. And Mm. Rafiki. Rafiki? A film from 2018 that I do not know, but yeah. Oh, Isn't that the name of the monkey in Lion King? It is. It is
1: indeed. That's very weird. Okay, fair enough. Again, I don't know. Good on you.
0: But yeah. Anyway, that was everything of our Citizen Kane podcast. Um, Yeah. Longer than I thought it would be. I think the trivia bit was there. But yeah. Yeah, brought it out a bit, yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, that was our review for Citizen Kane. Uh, just podcast, generally on Citizen Kane. Enjoyed this one. This was a good laugh. Yeah. Good time. Very good time. Um, yeah. So we're back doing this, aren't we? For a bit. We are. This is season two. Season two. First episode of season two. Well, the first video yes. of season two was Coda, the Coda commentary, mm-hmm. which people would have seen by this time. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed. My lucky coat. My God. Oh, lucky, my lucky fucking coat. coat. I need to send you the. Uh, the footage for you to edit that if you still have further than that.
1: Send okay. me it over. I'll do a highlights vid.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Sweet. Uh, do you want me to, I'll send you the uh, just the MOV file, should I, as opposed to the Premiere file? Send the Premiere file. You might need the footage, though. That's all I'm thinking. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. Send both because I'll need to link it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Right. Cool.
0: Uh, <laughs> a conversation that is already yeah, been sort Yeah, it completely
1: doesn't need to be on air, but it's fine. You've listened to it now.
0: But, um yeah excellent next episode i'm still not saying week cuz i don't dare cha- challenge don't, any... we don't dare jinx it but cuz last time we were like the do 100 was the mid season finale and it was just the yeah. season finale cuz life took uni took life over. took over <laughs> uh, so i'm saying the next episode which we'll be filming uh, mm-hmm. which will be released which we'll be filming tomorrow Breaking it again. Uh, We'll be over Some Like It Hot. That will be the next episode. Billy Wilder's Some Like It Hot. Save all of the thoughts for that episode. One of my
1: girlfriend's mum's favourite films. Big ups. (laughs) Big up, big trish.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so that's what's going to be next week. There's nothing really for me to say. There's no dad Oscar thing to say. And if I do say anything... If I do say a thing, it will be heavily dated. So I'm just not. Should I do one? Go on.
1: Um, just it's the Christmas period. Um, Well, now it's
0: well, now it's not.
1: Well, oh shit! Yeah, it's not anymore. That's what I mean. Yeah, like right now. Never mind. Well, then January. Um, what will be happening by then? I don't know. If we're still in lockdown, I hope you're all doing well. Um, and you know, getting back to work and and keeping yourself occupied. Just keep on keeping on, guys. Especially those down
0: south in tier four. Should we... God, Godspeed. Should we shout out a random person we know from... Just a rando from... Oh, not a yeah, complete rando. I'm going to go on the uh uh, uh intermission Instagram. Uh, Who's following? First one. Uh, That's you. I'm not shouting out you. Shout out to me for being a, a legend. Shout out to Robbie Tweedale. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Joe Castlin. There you hey, go. Joe, Joe I'm uh, excited
1: to see your BBC one thing.
0: Yeah, same, same. That would have happened by now. So we can't even be like, go, it would have go. happened, but yeah, excited. It for was that.
1: really good. Probably. I haven't seen it yet.
0: You were the standout Joe. Oh, uh, always. As you are. I'll, <laughs> I'll be seeing you January. Cause we're talking about other things. So there you go. Ooh. But yeah, that's all. Uh, one thing I have to say, I'm going to say this. We're on Apple Podcasts as well. So one thing, I, I don't check it often, but, you know, if anyone wants to, I would love it if you give a bit of review, give a give a review for Intermission because I actually would go a long way in terms of just overall things if we get more uh, interaction because I know we – um obviously we have people liking the stuff on Instagram and all that and sharing it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it would be sweet if, uh, you know, some feedback and reviews and that were on the iTunes – point of it to show the how the podcast itself is doing as well as of, of course the youtube side of things but yeah uh, yeah do you know anything
1: like that just pushes us out a bit
0: yeah do you know what's crazy to me because i looked at Go the on. uh podcast analytics obviously the most viewed podcast episode on um the youtube channel is serpico that's the most mm-hmm. viewed video on it the most listened to podcast is the apocalypse now podcast a really? lot of a lot of the more listened to podcasts are the longer ones, but the more viewed ones on YouTube are the shorter ones, which I find interesting right, actually. Okay. So I don't know whether if the algorithm because I know the YouTube algorithm pushes shorter videos than longer videos. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if with podcasty things, I don't know, do they push longer ones?
1: Maybe highlights from podcasts might be things to look out for. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah no that might not be a terrible thing like 10 minute videos cuz 10 minutes is like the, the mark that youtube wants isn't it For Yeah the yeah thing. So maybe, I don't know something to think about
0: I could always send you over the links and if you wanted to edit over some highlight stuff anyway Yeah but yeah, I, uh, yeah that I can could do that. that could be something to discuss just Jerry Yeah uh, cool obviously, obviously I post the preview stuff on uh, on Instagram and that so Yes but yeah no that might not be a bad idea to consider to yeah. maybe do. But yeah, that's all, all I want to say. Push that out there. Uh, I don't know where, as of now, Some Like It Hot isn't available for streaming, but you can rent it on stuff like Prime and that. So, yes. in anticipation for the next week's, for I said the week, for the next discussion. For the next episode. For the next episode. For episode 13. Um, mm-hmm. give, give Some Like It Hot a watch and that will be the next discussion. So... Yes. There you go. Well, that being said, when we stop recording, I got shit to tell you, Robbie. Okay, I'm buzzing. Can't wait. And uh, thank you all for watching and listening. Go in the description to uh, find. Every- I'm just going to say that description, there's everything you need. I'm not
1: going Everything's there.
0: Everything's there. Look. Go for that there. Um, big ups to Joe Castlin. Big ups to Joe. Being a solid bloke. Yeah. Re- really Good on lad. you, lad.
1: Good on you. <laughs> I'm going to go and uh, I've just seen Django Fett so I've got to go decapitate him I'll be back
0: ah right I'll be back in a bit (laughs) I've got feelings I have to say to you about the last Mando episode
1: oh yes
0: right okay (laughs) (laughs) yes and then right next time everyone we will all see you later see you soon I'm actually doing an outro goodbye (laughs)